Christmas, everyone, and welcome to the Film Effect Podcast, where we take all things festive to the full effect. I'm Ed, and joining me for this holiday edition of the show is my close pal, Mr. Corey Clima. Happy holidays, everybody. And if you happen to like movies and enjoy listening to film podcasts, then you've come to the right place. Each week, we do deep dives and touch lives, focusing on a single film per episode in an effort to give it that full film effect treatment. But before Santa squeezes his fat white ass down that chimney tonight, I want to let you guys know that our ever-growing collection of previous episodes can be found on our website at podpage.com slash the-film-effect-podcast, as well as all major platforms, direct link in the episode notes. And if you're one of the 50% of our listeners who check us out on Apple Podcasts, then do us a solid and let us know your thoughts on this episode and how we're doing in the form of a review. And now that Spotify allows listeners to leave ratings, we trust you'll do the same for us on there as well because we value your opinions and we want to hear from everyone to see how we're doing. All right, Corey, can you let the people know where we can be found on both Facebook and Instagram? Yep, it's the Film Effect Podcast. All right. And if you're more of a Twitter person, then where can they find us on there? At Film Effect Pod. All right. Here's a, here's a tricky one. If TikTok is your thing, then where can they check us out on TikTok? Ooh, that one's a new one. Uh, is it uh, Film Effect Pod or is it something different? At Film Effect Podcast. Yeah, I guess I'm old. I, I've dabbled in the TikTok, but that's all new to me. It's look, it's a new thing. It's something that I was told to just try out. It, it'll just, you know, just what do you got to lose? So I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's see how it works. And I think I've got one post so far, but I, I, I do intend to utilize it more often. So definitely check us out on there. Follow us at Film Effect Podcast. And last but not least, if you want to send us an old fashioned email, where can that email be sent to, Corey? The Film Effect Podcast at gmail.com. All right. I just want to remind everyone to check out our previous episodes because we got a lot that's come out in the last few weeks. We got episodes on No Country for Old Men, Argo. We got that Planes, Trains, and Automobiles episode featuring our hour long conversation with Mr. Larry Hankin, as well as our conversation with D. Wallace, which is kind of like a pilot. Because we have this new thing that we're calling a conversation with because we got a bunch of people lined up down the road and we're taking the show and it's going to be brought into our Patreon that we're going to be launching. The last episode I mentioned the Patreon launching January 1st, but what I did not announce that episode is what the tiers are going to be. And I'm going to go down the tiers right now because I'm in the festive mood and I feel like giving people a preview of what they have from us that we're offering come January 1st. So for $3 a month, that's right, 3 bucks a month, that's it, you will be a casual fan and you'll have our sincerest gratitude for contributing to the show's growth. You'll have access to our monthly newsletter and an exclusive look at our upcoming schedule. You'll have early access to every episode. As of now, episodes drop every Tuesday. 
have it to where the Patreon members will get the episode on Sunday. So you get that episode two days early. A personal shout out on every podcast episode. And last but not least, you will be included with our half hour Discord hangout each and every week. Half hour prior to recording each episode, we will be hanging out on Discord, myself and Sean, or myself and whoever else is going to be hosting the episode that week. For $5 a month, you will be a big fan, and you'll get all the features that you get with as a casual fan does, but you'll also have full access to a conversation with the show I just mentioned with D. Wallace. That's up there right now on the, on the main feed for free, and it'll continue to be on there for free. But if you like that episode, like the flow, like how we talk to the to the guests and whatnot. You can have full access to for, uh, future episodes that will be featured on Patreon on the $5 tier. And the normal feed will only have access to five minutes every week for every episode, I mean. Uh, it's, it'll be like a five-minute preview I'll throw up. But if you want access to the full episode, there'll be at least a half hour long, some longer, 45 minutes to a half, two to an hour long, whoever, however long the conversations take us. Um... But uh, we'll also put a five-minute sample up on the main feed for people to uh, just check out. And if you like it, five bucks. It's all it takes per month. That's 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 the half. That's half a pack of cigarettes, guys. You know, that's like a six-pack of beer, depending on what state you're in. That's it. Five bucks a month. Ain't that much. And also, you will have access to a monthly Patreon-exclusive episode of the Fum Effect Podcast. So myself and Sean, or myself and whomever. We will be recording one bonus episode a month for Patreon members, and you can get that uh, on the $5 Big Fan tier. And finally, for 20 bucks a month, you will be the Film Effect fanboy. What that means is you're going to get all the casual fan and big fan features, but after six months, you will have your own episode. You'll be able to choose the movie for an upcoming episode, and you will be invited to be a guest on that episode via Zoom. And also, that's not enough. Film Effect fanboy members are going to get t-shirts. That's right. After every three months, you're going to be getting your own design. It's going to be an exclusive thing for this exclusive uh, fanboy member tier. And that's every three months as well. So if you're on there for six months, you'll have two shirts. Nine months three shirts after a year you'll have four exclusive shirts that no one else can get when i add these are exclusive to patreon members that's it and you'll also have access to a very very special show that i'm excited to announce as an exclusive for fanboys and that is a show we're going to be calling the film effect focus a monthly series where we go through an entire filmmaker's career in chronological order including new categories like on the regular show overall showcasing the high and low points of their career um i can announce to you guys now that the first month in january we will be doing episode on john hughes he will be the very first episode of the film effect focus so we'll be going through his uh filmography talking about his career pretty much in order our takes you know that's that and also the exclusive movie for the uh the, the big fans the, the exclusive episode for film effect next month it's gonna be the big lebowski so five bucks a month that's all it is man the big lebowski will be the exclusive episode for january so those are the tiers and um really 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 yeah i'm really excited to be doing this uh, again january 1st it launches so uh yeah we're finally jumping on that bandwagon patreon film effect check it out 
Um, we talked about this before going live. I just figured I'll take the time to announce it to everyone else. Uh, my daughter, who uh, has been on the show a couple times and, and, and um, just popping up on the mic here and there, uh, who I also used to have a podcast with called Mad Dad Movie Review, Madeline. Uh, I've been with her since Saturday, and she tested positive this morning for COVID. So she's been with me. She's still with me. She's upstairs right now, but th- there's just no doubt in my mind I have it. So uh, mild symptoms. I'm, ha- I'm hanging in there. I'm not like, obviously, I'm recording this episode right now. So I'm, I'm in good spirits and uh, just weaving it out. Her and I are going to tough it out. I'm keeping a close eye on her. Uh, more concerned about her than anything else. So, but I think we're going to be fine and just hoping for the best. And yeah, after two years of just dodging this fucker, it finally caught up to me. So, that, that, that's just a reminder out there, guys. If you haven't gotten, you know, vaccinated, now's the time. Now more than I, ever with that new variant. I was just going to say that, like, I don't know anybody that's been seriously sick that's been vaccinated. And I mean, you know, I've been dragging my feet on it too, but you know, if you can get out there and get your booster as well, I mean, it does make a big difference. Exactly. Um, (laughs) I love it. The dog in the background. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) No, no, it's, it's, it's all good, brother. It's all good. So, uh, what are you guys doing for Christmas? Any, any big plans for uh, the holiday? Yeah, nothing crazy. Uh, so usually the way we do it is we split Thanksgiving and Christmas. So we spend Thanksgiving with Holly's family, my wife, um, mm-hmm. and then we're going to spend Christmas uh, with my family. So we're just going over to my brother uh, Eric's house, um, okay. and we'll have dinner, exchange gifts. Uh, the kids will play, all that good stuff. And then Holly's uh, mom and um, uh, stepdad are going to stop by Christmas Eve and hang out uh, and do lunch and um see thomas and all that stuff so uh you know nothing too major especially with the way you know the numbers uh, of course, for COVID right. seem to keep going up we're not yeah, no. yeah we're not too keen on traveling timing. too much yeah it is so, the worst uh, timing. It, it's yeah it's terrible uh but uh yeah that's our plans uh what about you i mean obviously not much anymore yeah. i can tell you what our plans were prior to this bombshell we were actually Funny enough, you talked about going to your brother's for Christmas. We were going to be going to my aunt and uncle's who live right around the corner from your brother, Eric, up in Forest Hill. Oh, uh, okay. So we would have been right next. We, we would have been right around the corner from one another spending our Christmases. But now it's going to be home. It's going to be just myself, my parents, my daughter, and the dog. That's it. Because we're all like big, one big happy family right now quarantining together since we were all you know together with Madeline so just that's this is it you know we're doing it for the next two weeks Christmas New Year's podcasting it's all the same <laughs> for me <laughs> well if you don't get probably gonna be doing a lot of FaceTiming on, on Christmas but other than that you know yeah, was, what were you saying I was gonna say if you don't get sick it'll be like hey good news guys I'm doing an episode every other day <laughs> next two weeks yeah <laughs> I know right yeah yeah, I think I announced in the last episode we're going to be taking a two-week break after the new year. So uh, <laughs> what I'll be doing instead of recording, I'll be doing a lot of planning. So a lot of working uh, behind the scenes sort of stuff, you know. Got a lot of stuff coming up. I mean, I had a really good conversation with uh, my PR guy the other day. And uh, we've got some big guests coming up that I'm not going to announce right now. But uh, 
yeah check it out guys you yeah got, it's it's I, I know some of the guy i know you you know you've told me it's some big guests guys like uh it, it's gonna be awesome 2022 is gonna be one hell of a year that's all i'm gonna say so all right let's get the shout outs shout out to his family i want to shout out everyone who listened to us and has be and became a fan of the show in 2021 we do this because we love it, but we also do it because of you. And just, I can't wait to bring in 2022 and see where it takes us. Um, just my sincerest thank you. And uh, just to, to everyone who's given this show a chance, you know, yeah, I've, it's been amazing watching this show grow since I launched it back in February. Um, and I'm really excited about next year, you know, in, in about a month, I'll be celebrating my anniversary. And we also have, you know, episode 100 will be dropping throughout the year at some point. And just a lot of things to look forward to, as well as plans that I've been working on as well. So here's to old memories and to new ones as well. And once again, thank you all for listening to us this year and cannot wait for next year as well. All right, current events. Welcome back to the Matrix. Did you watch it? No, I was planning on watching it no. tomorrow. Oh. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I figured you'd have been like me and watched the first thing in the morning. That's the first thing I did when I woke up this morning. I was like, ah, it's Matrix Day. Yeah, it's it's yeah. one of those like I got my son all day, so I can like watch that's stuff. right, that's right. I can watch stuff, but that's one of those I actually want to like you know be uh, like paying attention and unencumbered because right. You know, I'm a huge fan of like the original trilogy. I mean, the first one is like one of my all time yeah. favorite action. Um, it's groundbreaking. And, it still uh, holds up. Yeah, it was great. It was like one of the first DVDs I ever owned. Um, and then the second one, I think it's a bad rap, but I mean, I, I think it's a fun action movie. I, I enjoy it. I love to. I, I, I'm going to go on record right now and say I prefer Reloaded to the original. Yeah. Yeah. I, I a ballsy statement, know, but it's the truth. I've always said that. Yeah, it's just like a fun sci-fi action movie. And then like the third one, you know, I'm not going to lie. It's not perfect. It's not great, but I, I don't hate it. I think it's a good trilogy, I think. Uh, and then you add in the Animatrix, which is pretty awesome, too. I don't know. I, I'm a huge fan, so yeah, I'm definitely excited to see, uh, you know, where they take it with this new one. I will say this much about um, Revolutions, the third film. I saw it in the theater opening night back in 2003 you hated it didn't you absolutely i loathed that i remember i was so fucking furious after after the high that reloaded took me on and then just to just nosedive the way it did with the second film i was like or or the follow-up you know what i mean and just turned my back on it completely for years and then finally last year so what's that 17 years later i actually sat down and rewatched all three films and i watched the third one and i gotta admit i don't know what the hell pissed me off so much i don't know where that chip on my shoulder came from back in 03 but it was not that bad it was actually kind of good um it was good. I, yeah, I just my, don't... My, th- my thoughts 
my thoughts were just they drastically changed over the years. Uh, rewatching it for the first time last year, I was like, oh wow, why was I so mad at this movie? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think the it, where that all where did that where did the anger come from? <laughs> I don't know. I just think it's different, like from the second one. Like the second one was like mainly in the Matrix. It had like all this cool stuff, and the third one it's mainly set in like the real quote-unquote real world yeah and it's, it's all dark, zion it's all a darker tone and so like you know, coming mm-hmm. into it you know i could see why it would kind of throw people off and it might not be their favorite because it's not my favorite i don't i mean i like the movie but i wouldn't say it's like a classic or oh you know anything like don't that. get me twisted it's the it's my least favorite of the three yeah but like, i think you know it's not as bad as i thought it was yeah i think that's it's all definitely the worst one out of the three by a wide margin but i mean it's still i mean i don't know i still enjoy watching the trilogy every here and there well since you haven't watched the film yet i i will keep this brief and as far away from spoilers as humanly possible and i since i've already brought it up i will just say yes i watched the film this morning funny enough i was supposed to go see it monday i invited you but obviously you didn't want to come because for for, obvious, for for good reason because you're just you know the whole covid thing and everything so and that's fine i ended up uh offering that other ticket to justin because i know sean's been vocal about not being a matrix fan in the past so i was just going to be like all right well let me see if justin wants to go and so he agreed and this was my fault i i just got to his house too late and by the time we were on the road to head to the theater we were not going to make it in time. And it was one of the, it was an advanced screening. And with the, how they work is once the show starts, they don't admit anybody, no matter what, unless you're, unless you're a part of the media, which we are technically, I mean, you can have an argument with podcasters, but no, I didn't get them through the media outlet. I got my screeners through other outlets and we ended up just turning around and calling an audible. We picked up Sean and we went to see nightmare alley instead. Okay, what would you guys think? The, le- the le- um, less said about that film, in my opinion, the better. I'm going <laughs> to leave it at that. Um, so this movie, finally, watched it this morning when I woke up. Me and Madeline watched it. She watched it about half and fell back asleep because well, she has COVID, so she's just in and out of sleep. That's how she's been for the most part. The film took me by surprise. I was not expecting that. I was expecting, I was kind of expecting to just not like it, to be honest with you. I was hyped. I was excited about judging from the preview, but then I didn't really think, I don't know. It wasn't until I read a review that was from a trusted source of mine that gave it a 10, no, a uh, eight out of 10. And I was like, okay, now you have my attention. And yeah, I can see why you liked it so much, and I really enjoyed it myself. I thought it was uh, smart. I thought it tied into the first three films creatively, and um, and I think it's it uses that sense of nostalgia because people are like, "Oh, nostalgic!" It's every you know, it's it's fan service. That's that's that gets thrown around a lot. But you know what? For this movie, it makes sense. I'm not going to say anything else. Just see the film. It's worth it. That's my take um, <laughs> on the Matrix Resurrections, since obviously you have not seen it. Um, yeah, but just buy the ticket, take the ride. It's good stuff. Let's jump now 
two recommends. What would you get for a six-year-old boy who chronically wets his bed? I'm going to recommend a film that I just watched with Madeline about an hour ago. It ended. Uh, Krampus. I watched that Naughty Cut 4K that Screen Factory put out, man. All right. Uh, so I haven't actually watched Krampus since it first came out. And even when I watched it then, I forgot a lot of the stuff that happened. Um, Because I wasn't really that into it. I remember not, I don't know, because I was a big trick-or-treat fan so of course i was looking forward to michael doherty's follow-up and i was just underwhelmed but rewatching it with madeline just now like i really liked it and um yeah so why not recommend it it's the holiday season it's a yeah. horror film krampus i'm glad you came around and a lot of people like it too yeah 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 definitely did yeah because i got something for this for us this week yeah well i don't know if you remember but i recommended it on no country for old men krampus <laughs> I know you did. Yeah, okay. I know you did. I know. Um, yeah, I know. But I'm glad you I just, I just, uh, list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just gonna double down on Krampus, like, like you said. <laughs> and uh, yeah. All right. So uh, for mine, I actually have two. So one quick one because this one surprised me. Uh, it's on HBO right now. It's a new movie. It's called Eight uh, Bit Christmas. Um, and I wasn't expecting much. I kind of put it on in the background. Uh, I hadn't heard much about it, but, uh, you know, I like Nintendo and that's what it's centered around a kid that wants to get Nintendo for Christmas in uh, the late eighties. Um, don't you dare pull a plane with fire on my ass. No, this one's actually <laughs> decent. It, it's not, there's nothing like really uh, cringeworthy. So, um, it's got Neil Patrick Harris is like the kid grown up telling the story to his daughter. So he's good. Steve Zahn okay. is awesome. Steve Zahn plays Steve the Zahn? dad. Yeah, he plays the dad in the okay. movie, and like he's hilarious. I feel like just, he's the dad in a lot of kid movies. He is, and it because wasn't wasn't he the dad in Diary of a Wimpy Kid or something like he, that? He was, and and then they like uh, recast it or whatever. Uh, but oh, okay, yeah, it it the movie is by no means like a classic or anything like that, but it it uh, exceeded my expectations. All the kids in it are good. None of them are annoying mm-hmm. or. Uh, cringeworthy um it's it's just if you if you grew up around then like we did uh i think you'll enjoy it and the ending to the movie um actually took me by surprise the ending was really strong really good way to uh, end out the movie so by no means a classic but if you're looking for something different to watch that's christmasy i don't think you can go wrong with it especially since it's on hbo right now it's also in theaters i believe but um i watched on hbo um but also another one that I recently rewatched and oh, this one just blew me away. I, I, for, I saw it before, but I forgot how good it was. Uh, movie Upgrade that came out a few years ago. Um, the one by uh, Lee Winnell starring. Um, yeah, Lee Winnell. Yep. From, from the writer I saw. Yep. Starring uh, Logan, Logan Marshall Green. Oh, my God. This mm-hmm. movie. Uh, What's Sean say? Grabs you it's by wild. the boo-boos. Like this movie. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll grab you by the boo-boos, he says. Yeah. This- it's No, it's upgrade. Definitely. I'll, I'll um, I'll, yeah, definitely. I, I I'll back saw you it, on that for sure. I saw it when it first came out because I remember somebody I worked with recommended it. And because mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan of Logan Marshall Green. I, I didn't, I don't really like him in anything else he's in, but uh, he's good in this movie. Uh, so just a quick rundown. The premise is uh, it's a near future. There's all this new technology. Him and his wife are out. They get attacked. His wife gets killed. He gets paralyzed. 
and they have this new chip that they can put in his body to make him move, but it also mm-hmm. has artificial intelligence. And it's just such a dark, yeah. funny movie. The action is really tight. Uh, like the sci-fi stuff is good for it's a low budget movie. Um, oh, it gets dark. It's very dark, but it it's really funny in a lot of parts. It, it's just a great movie. I it really was under the radar. I remember when it came out, I was like, this got a theatrical release. I didn't even like <laughs> really hear about yeah. it, but um, I think it's really underappreciated. That's it's like one of the better um, like sci-fi action type movies I've seen in a while. Because it's it's a studio film, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, because Universal put it out. Blumhouse put it out. Oh yeah, Blumhouse. So yeah, Blumhouse Universal. Yeah. So all right, good. The little lights are not twinkling. This is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Tis the season to be jolly. Fala la 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 la. After vacationing across America and throughout Europe. Take it, Russ. This holiday season, the Griswolds are going to play it safe. Clark, we're stuck under a truck. They're staying at home. I give you the Griswold family Christmas tree. Hope you're not getting sap all over your sweater, Clark. All Clark wants is a quiet, old-fashioned Christmas. Sorry. Got a little knot here. You can work on that. What he's going to get is the gift that keeps on living. Merry Christmas. His family. We didn't come to impose. <laughs> oh, hell, there's plenty of room. Do you sleep with your brother? Do you know how sick and twisted that is, Mom? Well, I'm sleeping with your father. Have you got a kiss for me? <laughs> eh, you better take a rain check on that, Art. He's got a lip fungus they ain't identified yet. But no holiday could ever be more deeply touching. We were gonna call, but... Eddie wanted to make it a surprise. If I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now. <laughs> ah, we're really gonna fly down the hill with this stuff. So genuinely moving. Can I refill your eggnog for you? Drive you out to the middle of nowhere, leave you for dead. More truly uplifting. Can I show you something? I was just blouse browsing. Or more down to earth. If Santa is smart, he'll stay well clear of this joint. It's a death trap. Then Christmas with the Griswolds. Everybody come out quick, look at the lights! They want you to say grace. I pledge allegiance to the flag. The United States of America. This year, let Chevy Chase light up your holidays. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. That thing had nine lives. She just spent them all. <laughs> you woo, crack up. All right. In Christmas Vacation, the Griswold family's plans for a big family Christmas predictably turn into a big disaster. First time viewings. Uh, it's, it's just that. You see, this is actually uh, my, my first time. No, no, my first, it's my first time uh, since my first time. So technically, that's my second time, and I don't, I don't, I don't want to suck at it. So if I'm not a, I have no fucking idea. <laughs> I've seen this movie so many times, I cannot pinpoint the first. 
Um, I will say this much though. I've been watching this movie for as long as I can remember. Well, when, probably when I was like four or five, when it first came out, essentially. Yeah, because we well, were we'll, that we'll age. Into it. Like probably when this hit like TV, we, you know, I was probably like four or five. You were probably like, you know, six or seven or something like that. So we were just at that right, age. Right, right. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I, it's just, it's one of the movies. It's like kind of like Ferris Bueller. It's like you've seen it so many times, but you can't, you cannot pinpoint that very first time. It's like this is like one of so many films like that. And it's especially when it comes to 80s comedies, it's like I can't, I, I don't know what I saw for the first time really. And, and this, there's no different. I, I can't pinpoint the first time. Can you? Uh, I, I sort of can. So I remember watching it. Um, like when I was very young, it was probably like the first year it was on like network TV or uh, cable TV or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Cause I remember I was very young. I was probably like five, maybe six. Um, and the opening, uh, which we'll, I'm sure we'll get into, but it's all animated with the nice song. So I thought it was like a cartoon type thing. And then it turns out it's a regular movie. <laughs> and I was at that right. age where I was kind of bored, you know, I was like, yeah, this isn't for me. Uh, but my family is watching it, but I remember, I don't know the year, but it was in the early nineties. It was a few years older. And uh, we were at the climate house sitting in the basement. Uh, the family was there. It was like right before Christmas. We were watching it on our old uh, wood grain TV <laughs> downstairs. But that was, I remember first, it. Yeah. That was the first time um, we all sat around and I remember watching it like all the way through. Um, and I've watched it every year since like I, every like when you asked me to come on i was like oh, no problem i watch it anyway so <laughs> it's not a big deal every christmas yeah uh, right, this exactly. is this is on the list uh for stuff i always watch um so yeah i yeah. i don't remember Same. exactly when we just grew up with it but yeah it's such a great one all right story time tell me a story wait like my story no not your story a story since you can't keep your mouth shut long enough for me to read my paper, tell me a story. I don't think I know any stories. You don't know any stories? No. All right, I'll tell you a story. This is a newspaper, right? It's 90% bullshit, but it's entertaining. That's why I read it, because it entertains me. You won't let me read it. So you entertain me with your bullshit. Tell me a story right now. Go. So this is, I, I had a similar story time for uh, my vacation episode back last february whenever i covered that episode or covered that movie rather um kind of like vacation was my mom's favorite movie this was right up there as well like she just loved these two films specifically vacation christmas vacation um and it's like you just said it's it's impossible to ignore this movie around the around this time of year especially with my mom like it it's it um it's a movie that when we gather around and give it and open up gifts around the tree uh, every year she makes an effort a, a point to put this movie on as like background noise sort of uh or our christmases and she's been doing that for like the last five six years so um it's just it's that holiday favorite you know and it's not just myself it's it's a, a lot of people's favorite car christmas movie you know, I mean, look at we're doing this episode today because it got voted on the poll for last month on Twitter. So clearly it's it's a fan favorite. And um, I, I'm, I'm really excited to be talking about this movie today. So, yeah, same here. Um, all right. But before we do, 
Let's knock out our live top five for the episode. Rob, it's your turn. Okay, I'm feeling kind of basic today. Top five side ones, track ones. Janie Jones, Clash, from The Clash. Mm. Let's get it on, Marvin Gaye from Let's Get It On. Nirvana, Smells Like Teen Spirit off of Nevermind. Oh no, Rob, that's not obvious enough, not at all. How about uh, Point of No Return on Point of No Return? Lewis, so you can uh, get up a- Shut up, shut up. <laughs> white Light, White Heat, Velvet Underground. Okay, that would be on my list. Though not and on mine. Massive Attack, No Protection, the song is Radiation oh. Ruling the Nation. And you and I do our favorite vacation films in order from five to one so there's five vacation movies funny enough and there's a live top five every episode so my number five is going to be my least favorite of the bunch and that is european vacation i cannot with that movie um it doesn't even have rewatch value in my opinion um there's nothing funny about it and it sucks because they even went as far as to bring in like, you know, because the whole movie takes place in Europe. So they got, you know, British actors like Eric Idle, who normally you know, from Monty Python, who would normally just be knee slapping funny, you know, just crack you the hell up. He does nothing funny in the movie, brings nothing to the table, nothing at all. Um, once again, that's the whole gimmick. They recast it all, uh, Rust and Audrey uh, and, and just. There's Jason Lively plays Russ in that one. Uh, and that's really all I remember from that movie. There's something about them that the Griswolds are doing a game show and they're wearing pig nostrils or something like that. Pig in, a poke. in the opening yep. scene. Pig in a poke. Is that, oh, you know the fucking show. So clearly you're more of a fan than I am. So what's your number five? Uh, first, I have to give a dishonorable mention um, for Christmas Don't vacation. Don't you even dare. Oh, National Lampoon's <laughs> Christmas Vacation 2. <laughs> number, number, fucking, oh, it's number okay. Six. Dishonorable mention, yeah, I got dishonorable you. mention, six out of six. But if, if there was more, it would be all the way at the bottom. <laughs> I watched it, they fucking suckered me in with that and got my rental of whatever it was four dollars. It was just a shameless cash grab, uh, nothing against Randy Quaid. Uh, um. Everything against Randy Quaid for signing the fucking dotted line on that movie. I don't no. blame him, but fuck that movie. Fuck it up. It's stupid ass. I hate that. There's very few movies I hate. I hate that movie. It was such a cash grab. There was nothing funny in it. Cousin Eddie shouldn't have his. Uh, fuck that movie. <laughs> um. Anyway, so my number five is the same as yours. European Vacation. I, I'm not a big fan I've, i think i've seen it twice like I, I think i watched it hated it and was like okay i'll rewatch it and give it a chance and yeah it still sucked like <laughs> i'm not a big fan but don't, not don't get me wrong there's a huge fucking delta between number five and the dishonorable mention though like it uh, like even right, though your right, vacation right. isn't good it's not a fucking train wreck either <laughs> like it's at least watchable um, right, right. Of but yeah, John Hughes didn't write it, so it's like, nah. Yeah, that's true. Very true. All right, my number four is Vacation from 2015. Um, it's not bad. It's got funny moments. I think um, the movie gets a little too ridiculous, um, especially when the car, that fucking car in that movie, Jesus Christ, like the the Family Truckster 2.0 that like. It's got a, a seat that does a 360 and shit. Um, 
Although the face that Ed Helms makes when this 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 seat does a complete turn is like is that's a funny moment in the movie. I had to admit that. But um, yeah, it's not the best. It's far from the worst. Um, it's it. <sighs> I haven't watched it in a couple of years, so I can't really see say if it help if it holds up or not. So, but I remember liking it a lot. Um, a lot more than European Vacations, put it that way. So that's why it ended up my number four. So how about you? Uh, yeah, mine's the same. My number four is the um, the Vacation uh, 2015. Um, I, it was a one and done for me. I saw it. I remember not disliking it, not necessarily liking it. Like the, some of the car stuff I thought was funny, but Ed Helms, like the casting in the movie is good. Like having, um, you know, um, Chevy Chase and Beverly D'Angelo back was cool. Uh, you know, it's okay. Like if you're a fan of the series, it's worth a watch. It's worth a rental, but it, it's nothing. It, it, it's not on the same level as some of the other ones. Yeah, the the whole Ed Helm shtick, it's hit or miss. And in that movie, there's just some stuff that he does that is just too cringeworthy for me. Like the scene with uh, his son's picking up the girl outside and he comes out and he tries to pretend like he's a stranger and talking about a rim job or something like that. And just I just thought that that just nah, didn't didn't work for me. And um I also thought the kids, the, the the two sons that they had in the movie, the, the the young one, who's like every other word that comes out of his mouth is fuck, and it's like, okay, we're we're pushing it here. Like this is nothing like the original, but it's got some stuff going for it that I still like. So I like how they brought back Wally World, although the whole sealed gag was about twenty years too late. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, it's it's far from you know the best but it's like i said it's it's at least better than european so um my number three is vegas vacation mr nick papa giorgio from yuma arizona <laughs> any corrective lenses today mr papa giorgio no thanks i do not require them but you do you do <laughs> yes yeah that's, that's like one. Funny enough, I think Vegas Vacation might be one of the most quote worthy of the film of all the the, the, the whole bunch. Like I, I find myself quoting Vegas Vacation to this day, like a lot. It's a lot of random stuff from that movie. Just growing up watching it so much, you know. I know you were a part of that. Me, yeah. you, you know, Mets was also included. We kept renting it and watching it and shit. And like, yeah, the whole there's a lot of funny stuff in that movie. Um I just I'll never get the hate for it. I'll never understand the hate. Yeah, you know, let me let me get a little bit of the blue and don't get stingy. Yeah, don't get cheap on me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think for people like us who that was like the first mo- like va- uh vacation movie or you know, that was released when we were like at the age that could actually enjoy it for us. You know, so I think that's kind of yeah, why I, I saw it in the theater. So yeah, I think that's why I saw we it in the theater with my mom and uh my brother and my my mom, we all went and saw it one night because it came out like really early, like February, I think, like Valentine's Day weekend in 97. So it's coming up on the 25th, actually. Um, yeah, I, I just I, I just think it's really underrated overall. Yeah, I, Vegas vacation. I agree. So funny. So anyway, so, is that your number three? Number three. I'm going to shock people, I think. 
My number three is the original vacation. Oh, no. oh okay. That's my number three. And I realize that it's probably the better movie than my other two. But if we're doing a list for me, my top, the no, other two exactly. top it. It's for you. Yeah. So okay. vacation, okay. Uh, the original, the one that started. I it respect all. it. Yeah, written by John Hughes. It's a classic. Um, you know, I love the movie. I love uh, the family truckster and the whole scene with Eugene Levy. Uh, I just laugh out loud every time I see that. <laughs> it's just a great scene. Yeah. Um, you know, the whole trip, uh, the thing with the dog is like one of the funniest things. Like uh, I remember seeing for a long time. Like it has a lot of good stuff. Um, and the funny part is yeah. I didn't remember, like I saw the TV edits when I was a kid. I didn't realize till I was older and like bought the movie. I was like, wow, this is rated R. I did not realize that. Cause I always watched the TV version, uh, when I was younger. Yeah. Cause they even, they, uh, uh, TV always admits the, uh, fuck your mama line. And they, and they change it all together to him saying, what do I look, to, look like to you, Christopher Columbo? I'm like, wait, yeah. what? <laughs> and obviously the nudity, uh, you know, the shower oh, scene, yeah, the yeah. psycho scene. Like when I watched Beverly it, D'Angelo, exactly. Yeah, I was like, whoa, I, I did not. I was like fairly decently older. I was like, whoa, I, I did not know this. <laughs> whoa, Beverly D'Angelo's. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was like, nice bonus. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my number two is this. Christmas vacation, um, for reasons that we're going to get into in a moment. How about you? Yep. So, uh, my number two is Vegas Vacation, and I know it's not a lot of people's favorite. I know it uh, for most people, it would be further down, but it's the one other than Christmas that I've watched the most. Like I, <laughs> I watched that one the most. Uh, we quote it the most. Yeah. Like ten, ten, ten. I need the ten. Got to get the ten. Like I, yeah. I, I don't know. I just, I've always gravitated towards that. I acknowledge it's not better than the original. I in no way think that it's better. But if you sat the two down in front of me, I would pick Vegas Vacation to watch. Honestly, just for the nostalgic of us watching it all the time when we were kids, and just for the quotability. And let's be real, it's not that bad. Like you said, it gets a lot of hate. I think it's from people who probably grew up with the uh, '80s version. Um, and then this came out later. I, you know, I think for people our generation, like it, uh, around our age, it's really, it, it's just to me, it's just as uh, not far below the other ones. You know, the ones in the eighties. I don't know. I just think it's great. Oh my god! It's Wayne Newton. <laughs> Wayne Newton, need a bodyguard? I die for you. Yeah, I <laughs> good stuff. Yeah, I love it. I love the casino too. I, I forgot to mention that. Like they play different games here, Clark. <laughs> it's like guess which yeah. hand war. <laughs> like I love it. And fucking Sid Caesar at the end of the movie. I won the money. The money's mine. I won the money. The money's mine. No, uh, good. St- it's, it's it really is good stuff. Wallace Sean, why don't you uh, buy a bullet, rent a gun, and rent a gun? <laughs> How about this? You give me half the money you were going to give me. I'll take you out back, kick you in the nuts, and call it a day. I don't know. I just I All just right. quote that movie. <laughs> All right. Uh, my number one, without further ado, is the original, the OG, National Lampoon's Vacation. Um, it's my favorite. I love it to death. Um, spent nearly two hours talking about it back in February. That was back when it was just myself hosting, so... It's a whole episode of just me rambling on to myself about vaca- vac- about 
vacation, the original. Um, and yeah, if, if, if you want further insight on why it's my favorite, I will point you in the direction of that episode. It was like the third or fourth episode I ever did. So it's, it's way back. One of the early, early episodes, gang, check it out. Definitely Vegas. I keep on wanting to say Vegas national lampoons vacation. So, so your favorite is obviously this Christmas vacation. Obviously this, uh, this is the one I've seen the most. Um, I don't know. I just have the most attachment because this is the only one I've ever watched with like my whole family. You know, we used to watch it uh, every right. year when I was a kid. So, um, yeah, I've just always had a attachment. I acknowledge, like, it's, I probably laugh more at Vegas Vacation and the original Vacation. I don't think this one's as funny, but just as far as the connection, like, if you said you have to pick one vacation movie uh, to watch, it, it would be this one. I just have the most attachment to this one, and I just think it's uh, fantastic. All right, then. Um, let's dive into it, shall we? Let's go. So the film kicks off with that iconic animated Christmas vacation opening featuring Mavis Staples singing the famous titular tune. Then we have a bunch of animated Santa antics involving a rolling snowball, electrocution, flames, a candy cane radio dispatch to Rudolph and a rescue. Um, so this is the infamous kicking your film off with an animated bit that we've seen with movies like this weekend at Bernie's two had an animated opening. Um, there was one that was just in my head and I just let it slip. Didn't like the Friday, Shit. one of the Friday movies uh, start out with a, the Christmas Fr- next Friday. Next. Thank you. Next, no Friday, Friday, after, Friday next, after next Friday after next did. That's right. Which is probably almost aping this. One. I would imagine. I wasn't even, that was what I was thinking of, but yeah, that, that was an example. So that, but I just feel like there's a lot of films, especially around this time, late eighties, early nineties that were doing that. And uh, that was a thing rather. Um, yeah. And I mean, I think it does a good do job. Do that no more. Yeah. They don't do that anymore. And I think it does a good job of drawing in like the younger audience. Cause like with the John Hughes movie, you know, it's mainly geared towards uh, older people, but it has some of the slapstick and some of the other stuff for the kids. And I think this, is probably the way to make it like more family friendly, quote unquote. And the song is good, even though it's not Holiday Road. There's no Holiday Road in this movie. Uh, it's a no, good song. Not. It's catchy. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a nice replacement. You know, if we don't get to hear Lindsey Buckingham, I'm sure uh, we'll settle for some Mavis Staples. Um, what's your favorite bit from this sequence here? You got a favorite bit, Santa bit? Uh, the opening. I. Yeah. yeah, I just like when he um I forget what if it's a candy cane or what it is when he slides down the lights and starts uh yeah, it's candy them. cane. Yeah, I don't know. That part always just sticks in my head. I, I just always like that bit. I always wanted to try it. Like I knew my fat ass would just fall, <laughs> but I always wanted to try it when I was a kid. I always get a chuckle at the bit when he's climbing and he sticks his finger in the broken socket and gets electrocuted. I always think that's a funny bit. Yeah. Um 
So yeah. So then we cut to the Griswolds, an outdated station wagon that's also metallic P, as they set out into uh, the country to get the Griswold family Christmas tree. And not one of those stupid ties the Santa Claus is on it. So right away, and I've never noticed this before, like I just said, this station wagon they're driving is metallic P. I've never noticed that before prior to yesterday watching this movie. Did you ever notice that? No, I never picked up on that. No, but it's a good yeah, callback. It's metallic P. It's the same color. Unless my eyes are deceiving me, that shit was metallic P. So, and it makes sense, you know, tying with the first movie and the station wagon that they got the family truckster, if you will. Taking the drive across um, country, you're going to want this. Yep. <laughs> I think you hate it now. Will you drive it? So then we got Clark taking on a pickup truck that comes out of nowhere and is riding his ass. Hey, look, kids, a deer. Um, fucking, he says, like, eat my rubber, burn some yeah. dust or something like that. Yeah, Chevy it's Chase like these, plays these, it up. Like, he plays it up well. Yeah, the, these Clark Griswold isms, if you will, that's like he's famous for, at least for the first three films. Um, it's just funny stuff. It really is. I, I just, it reminds me of a better time with that man in his career, you know. Chevy Chase is not the same as he was, you know, back then. He's he'll never be on this level ever again. So it's just nice to watch him on the doing his doing his thing. And just his um, face too, like when he's no, like the uh, Griswold family his Christmas face. tree in his eyes, just get like yeah. all wide. Yeah, I just love that. He's all excited. He's, you can see like the excitement in his face, you know, and just his his witty offbeat remarks, you know, like the, Hey, look, kids, a deer. And he flips off the truck. It's like, that's funny shit, you know? And I, you can tell, you can usually tell in these comedies when a joke is ad-libbed or if it's scripted and you can just, you know, like half the material that Chevy Chase is doing in these damn movies are are ad-libbed. So it's just something that just rolls off the cuffs. It's something that he's used to doing and it works, you know? I just miss this era of comedy, especially with his and in, in, in this this point of his career. Yeah, because sadly, you know, not long after this movie, it's just all downhill oh, for Chevy Chase. Other than like Vegas Vacation, yeah, it's 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 a hard fucking slope downhill. It's a nosedive, man. Yeah. It really is. So uh, then we got Clark shifts lanes to uh, take on the truck when suddenly he. Shifts underneath of an 18 wheeler that's carrying logs and then uh swerves out, narrowly, narrowly misses a car and drives off road, flies down through the tree lot sign. The whole halo kids were here, bit everyone's like in the front and the back, they're all thrown all over the place except for Clark. Clark's still in the driver's seat. Now, watching this scene, I got one question. I guess Clark has no peripheral vision. Like, yeah. You couldn't see that big ass logger when you're shifting lanes. Like, really? Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, and obviously, like in real life, if you did that, like the top of your, like the whole top of your car would get like decapitated. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. you wouldn't fit, but it was a cool bit. Like, you could tell they actually did it. Like, it was a cool bit just seeing the car. They go did. Under. They... Yeah. And it kind of also reminds me of it. They did something similar in the original Fast and Furious movie with the, uh, yeah, um, Michelle Rodriguez's car in the beginning stunt. One of the stunts in there was a uh, similar to this. So, and it's dangerous. They have to actually raise the 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 trucker just so they can fit the car underneath there. Yeah, I mean you can't really 
make a car shorter. You have to make a truck larger uh, in these instances. So, and that's what they did. Um, so Clark takes them deep into the woods to find the largest goddamn tree imaginable. Audrey, she'll see it later. Her eyes are frozen. <laughs> yeah, um, her face in this scene is great. Juliette Lois, just the way she's like frozen. It, yeah. And his, his, like, when they show the tree and you see the, like, the light come down on it and they play in, like, the, the Christmas music and shit. And it's like the look. Again, I'm going to, you know, refer to Chevy Chase's look on his face. It's just like he's found it. You know, it's like when Indiana Jones finds, you know, the, whatever the arc and shit and it's like you know i found it it's this is how clark is this was his journey and his tree was what he was after and he's found the goddamn thing but he forgot there's no saw he forgot to bring the saw and he's also he's also um he's developed a lisp too from being so goddamn cold look at it really it's beautiful clark something else huh russ yeah dad isn't it beaut audrey She'll see it later, honey. Her eyes are frozen. Most enduring traditions of the season are best enjoyed in the warm embrace of kith and kin. <laughs> the three are the symbol of the spirit of the Griswold family Christmas. Dad, did you bring a saw? Forgot the saw, so they got to tow the, the the beast home with the roots still hanging off the back. Um, I love my notes. My note here for this scene is nope, because they're not getting that tree out of it like that. Oh no, I mean, there's just no way, no. no way. It's a funny bit, but you know, realism. No, nope, not nope, in a nope. wagon. No. <laughs> so then we're back home in the neighborhood. We cut to Todd and Margot Chester who live next door to the Griswolds, played by Nicholas Guest and Julia Louise Dreyfus. 89, this was the this was the same year she started Seinfeld. Yeah, I'm assuming so she filmed year for this Julia. probably like right before Seinfeld, I'm assuming. I mean, I don't know, but... Uh, I'd imagine. Yeah. I'd imagine. And she was in a bunch of other stuff in the 80s, too. It's not like she just was unknown prior to... Landing that landing the role of Ellen or Elaine, sorry, when uh Seinfeld. So, um, and then the line, Where do you plan on putting that, Griswold? Bend over and I'll show you. So, we've never really seen Clark interact with neighbors before in the series. Um, then again, they've never really been home because no. <laughs> we see them at home for like the first five minutes of the first movie. They're not even home at all in European because it starts with them overseas already or on the plane at least. And then this, they're home. Vegas, again, I think you get less time. You get like, you probably get equivalent time. You get a few minutes because like he's eating like the weird milk and cookies the, the, and stuff. The, yeah. Yeah. The, 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 processed cookies or whatever the old milk or something like that you like it it's eight years old i haven't seen vegas vacation in a while so i can't really go back and requote that the way i can with some of these other films um so yeah we have the uh 
the unveiling, I guess you want to call this, in the living room where they cut the rope and open up the tree. Oh, he cuts it. All the fucking branches bust out <laughs> of the windows and essentially takes over the place. Oh, the tree's lot, ginormous. Lot. Like, it's way too yeah. huge. Like, yeah, it's pretty funny. Little, little fool. A lot of set. Looks great. And then we immediately cut to Ellen and Clark in bed reading magazines. I've always dug this bit here. Every time Clark flips a page, he's get you know, the page gets stuck to his hand because of the sap. I know. When I was younger, um, I did not understand. I was like, "Why is his hand sticky?" Like I was like, "What does he do?" Like I didn't. Yeah, I didn't it, get that when I was a same. kid. I understood it uh, later in life, but <laughs> it's a good bit though. Yeah, it's a funny bit, but it's like I never got it, and then it took me even longer to realize like everything's being stuck because even the last scene or the last moment of the scene when he turns the lamp off. The lamp is stuck to his fucking hand too. Yeah, Just little little things like that you never really notice until you grow up or, or get older. Um, and then in this scene, Ellen's also talking about her parents coming for Christmas now, and um, she tells him it's not too late to cancel, but he insists on hosting for both sets of in-laws during the holidays. And then we get our first glimpse of the of the uh, Christmas calendar opening up a little window to reveal that it's December 14th. And then we have Clark at his office with his Tasmanian devil coffee mug, revealing his plans for a built-in pool to his buddy, Bill, who's played by Sam McMurray. Um, He was the doctor from Breaking Bad who diagnosed um, uh, Cranston's uh, Walter White with uh, cancer. He was in uh, Raising Arizona as well. Yeah, he's also in... um, Shit, he was um hang on a second, I'm pulling it up. Um The Wizard. That was another one that I remember growing up that he was in a lot. He was from The Wizard, uh Class Act. A lot of people are probably gonna remember him from Adam's Family Values. Oh yeah, yeah. He wasn't because uh because he was he was the husband for uh Christine Brinks uh Brzezinski was his wife. Yeah. I think that's her name. Oh, Christine Baransky. Sorry. No, I knew what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, and he's just a a dude who still to this day pops up in minor things. Like I said, he was in Breaking Bad. Um, That's not really recent anymore, but you know what I'm saying. Um, Still gets work here and there. Um, But he's got that face. You know, he's definitely a a person. When when he pops up, you're like, oh, I know that. I know that guy. That's a that guy. So, um, we're talking about his pool. That he plans on getting with their bonus when their boss Frank Shirley comes in with his team of mindless suits, who he stops and tells Mark a funny gag. I've I've always liked this gag. It's stupid. It's immature. It's just low. Not not low, but like I don't know. It's it's an inexpensive little elementary school joke with like you know something as simple as this, or he forgets. Clark's name throughout the movie. In this scene, he calls him Mark. And then when he walks out, he calls him Bill, who's his co-worker's name and not his. Um, and it's a bit throughout the movie. Every time he sees him, he calls him a different name. Um, it gets a chuckle out of me. It's it's stupid. It's harmless. Uh, he says he wants to mention his non-nutritive uh, serial varnish to a trade group. So he wants Clark to type up a summary written in layman's terms. Clark also thanks him for the Christmas card. 
this bit here always gets me when he mentions the Christmas card and him and his wife thanks him for. He looks over at this his associate next to him and he just goes, "Corporate card." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he's, he's like he's like I sent the card out and he's just like, "Corporate cards." Oh, Mr. Shirley, uh, we got your Christmas card the other day, and my family and I are very flattered that you remembered us. Corporate cards. Don't forget that report, Bill. Yes, sir. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Kiss my ass. Kiss his ass. Kiss your ass. Happy Hanukkah. So, yeah, Frank Shirley, the boss, played by Bill Murray's brother, Brian Doyle Murray, who, ironically enough, also has a bit role in the original Vacation. He does. Playing a different person altogether. Yep. Eating the watermelon. He's the, uh, the watermelon eating the uh, campground owner guy. Yep. Uh, Camp Comfort. That's that uh, the name of the campground from that movie. Um, and dude, Brian Dormer is in everything. Caddyshack, Scrooge, Ghostbusters 2, this, nothing but trouble, um, Wayne's World. Yeah, and Groundhog Day. He's in a lot of stuff. And like I when I was younger, I didn't know like he was related to Bill Murray. I'm like, man, he reminds me. Like, I didn't like put it to Bill Murray, but I was like, he looks like somebody else, like another actor. And then later when uh, I found out he was Bill Murray's brother, I was like, yeah, they definitely look related. I, I definitely see the resemblance uh, now that I know that. But yeah, he's he's great in this movie for a small part. Well, there's three of them and they're all still working in Hollywood. You got Bill, obviously. Um, you've got Brian Doyle, who's the oldest of the, the eldest of the three. And then you've got Joel Murray. Joel Murray was in uh, Hatchet. He was in uh, he was on the show Shameless the first season. Uh, he was in the movie God Bless America. He did a voice uh, role in Monsters University. He was from Mad Men, Dharma and Greg. Um, yeah, he's one of, of he's another one of those of guys. Like if you see him and you watch these mad movies, you'll recognize him. Yeah, it doesn't had the resemblance that his brothers have. He doesn't. Yeah. Definitely is a Murray though at the, at the end of the day. So uh then we got uh Clark doing some Christmas shopping for some lingerie that features uh some high-end Clark Griswold flirting. <laughs> Can't see the line, can you Russ? Nope. So um I guess we can talk about Clark's infidelities here because it kind of ties into the first film as well. It's like we're all supposed to, we all view Clark Griswold as like the all American dad, you know, just loving husband does no wrong, stupid, but you know, you don't suspect a person like Clark Griswold to be running around with his wife Ellen and that is essentially what this guy's been trying to do all these movies he's doing it again he, he's not actively going for someone like he does in the first film when they get into an argument and he storms out and goes to the bar and tries to pick up all the women until he finds Christine Brinkley um, here rather he's just looking for lingerie and he sees this woman that he's attracted to and then he's like Later on, he sees that he has his dream about her and shit. But yeah, he's uh, picking up lingerie and then uh, 
Russ comes and and uh, I don't know. Do, do you have any any two cents on this? That or am I just or am I just spitballing from my mouth here? No, I mean, here's my thing. He's so invested with his family. Like Clark is such a family man. I just think it's like I don't know harmless. Like I don't think he would ever cheat on his wife. Like you know, I I don't think there would be a world where he would want to do anything like that um, to his family. I just think it's harmless play. You know, I don't, I don't think Clark would ever go any further. So it's just a dad daydream. I mean, he gets, in my opinion, he gets, he gets fuck ass naked, jumps into that pool in the first film with, with Brinkley. Yeah. It goes a little further, but I still think it's the only thing that saves his ass is the water being too cold. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, I just think it's funny. So then we get the arrival of the in-laws. Folks, 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 Merry Christmas. Oh, Mom. You know, they took a pint of fluid out of my lower back. You see the small? The small man, uh-huh. I think it's changing color. No. Well, you keep touching it, it's getting redder. I got hemorrhoids. Can you believe them? Oh, mother. Isn't that terrible? Uh, You're not getting the garage space. You no, my I'm doing the parking. No. Russ, oh, you want to help me? They're not sleeping in my room. They're going to go crazy. Oh, no. Your grandma knows it's got a real painful burr on my heel. And if you rub it for me, I'll give you a whole quarter. Okay. <laughs> a quarter. And I'll give Audrey a quarter, too, Audrey. I'm going to park my car in the garage. This is what Christmas is all about. I'll uh, park the cars and... Check the luggage and uh, yeah, I'll be outside for the season. Got John Randolph, Diane Ladd, E.G. Marshall, and Doris Roberts. Ah, uh, a lot of lot of old Hollywood names here. Um, it's a fantastic supporting cast. Like all the relatives. Oh, oh, God, great. let's 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 go down. So first off, uh, Clark's mom, Nora, played by Diane Ladd. Diane Ladd is the um, mother of uh, Laura Dern. She was once married to Bruce Dern, a famous actor. Um, And then they had a kid, Laura Dern, the actress from all the, a lot of the Jurassic Park films from um, Blue Velvet, Wild at Heart, Mask, a bunch of stuff. She's on that Ozark show, isn't she? Is she on Ozark? I thought she was Jason Bateman's Uh, wife on those. Or am I thinking of? No, that's um, that's, uh, Laura. Shit! It's you got the first name right. I can't think of who she is. It's, it's the woman from Congo. Is his wife on that show? Oh, okay. not Laura Dern. Um, but anyway, Laura yeah, Lenny. That's, I'm sorry, that, that's Laura Lenny. Right, Lenny. Mess that up. Yep. Okay. Diane Ladd was a uh, shit. Chinatown. Also in Wild at Heart. She was from Alice. Doesn't live here anymore. Um. Primary colors. I mean, she's you know, and still active. Um, she's been a lot of stuff, dude. You know, look at her filmography. It's it's uh, 
Carnosaur. That's right. She was in that movie, Carnosaur, <laughs> playing Carnosaur. the evil doctor. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Anyway, we got Clark's father, Clark Griswold Sr., played by John Randolph, also an actor. He was in a lot of uh, older um, productions of The Sound of Music, Paint Your Wagon, The Visit, stage productions from that, of, of those um, manners. 87, he won the Tony Award for Best Performance by a Featured Actor in a Play for his performance in the Neil Simon play Broadway Bound. Uh, a lot of Broadway stuff. Serpico. Um, also in films. Serpico. Um, uh, what is it? It's, uh, All the President's Men. King Kong. The 1976 King Kong. He was the uh, captain. The Dino the De Laurentiis one. Yes, the Dino version. Pritzi's Honor. Um, a bunch of stuff. Heaven Can Wait. Uh, Ellen's father, E.G. Marshall. He's my Second favorite. Second episode I ever did. He's my favorite. Second episode I ever did was Creep Show. What's he was in the bug? The the last story, which I can't even fucking watch, because it's just it, it gets me every time. The cockroaches, but that's that's what he was 12 in. Twelve Angry uh, Men, and a bunch of other stuff. Exactly, Twelve Angry Men. He was the president in, in Superman Two. Um, Two Evil Eyes, a, a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Twelve Angry Men, like you said, Man on Fire, Bachelor Party. He's my favorite. And then of the parents in this, like, I just love how he's sarcastic towards Clark the whole movie. And then at the end, when Clark's breaking, he's like, "Don't fuck with me, Art." Like, I just love that. I, I don't know. I, I just love their dynamic. Yeah, exactly. You work really hard, Grandpa. So do washing machines. <laughs> he's got a lot uh, of good ones. And then finally, Ellen's mother. Francis, played by the legendary Dora Rob- Doris Roberts from Everyone Loves Raymond, from Grandma's Boy. Um, Grandma's Boy, that's what I was thinking of. Thank you, Grandma's Boy. Probably the majority of our listeners will remember her from Grandma's Boy yeah. because it's just that movie for whatever it is, just catapulted her. Um, and yeah, so they were they managed to book three of three, four legendary actors to be these in-laws, and it works. Great chemistry. It, it just overall works. It, it it feels like an actual family. You know, you 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 get that sense of just bitterness and the holiday times and shit like that. Like, you know, cousin Johnny's here and he's like the black sheep of the family, but you know what I'm getting at though? It's, yeah. It feels like an actual family. You have, you have that connection. It does. It feels like they, a, a lot of them bring that to the table in this. Yeah. It feels like a family. And I like, you know, Clark's parents are kind of like the more wholesome parents and obviously they support right, Clark. Right. And then you have, um, um, uh, sorry, oh, Ellen's parents. Um, and then they're like the sarcastic, you know, like they just, uh, smart ass. Yeah, they're sarcastic smart asses to play off of, yeah. you know, like the wholesomeness of the uh, Griswold. So it, it, it just works really well. Like, right. It definitely enhances um, the movie. Got a whole quarter if you could rub my feet for me. Oh, uh, well, the whole. I, I got a quarter for. I got a quarter for Audrey, too. The whole entrance, the way it's shot, like is it's just really yeah. hectic and close up, and it's just a really good way of showing it because that's exactly how everybody feels when the whole family gets there. It's just like chaos and uh, worries. I'm just yeah, with a sense of music. claustrophobia. Yeah, yeah. 
definitely. So we got Clark and Russ getting out the Christmas lights that are all balled up. Remember to check every ball. <laughs> Remember untangling balls of wires and shit like this, like whether it, whether it was wires for Christmas or it was wires for old video games or consoles. You want to, you know, uh, you know what I'm talking about. You always just threw stuff and balled them up and, and threw them up to wherever until whenever, and you finally got it back out. What I'm getting at is I can relate to this. You know, I can relate oh, to this big ball of wires that he, that Russ has got to deal with. It's just ridiculous. And that it ball is. is the size of him, for Christ's sake. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, you know my dad, Ron. Like, uh, oh yeah, I always oh, call yeah. it like he goes full Griswold. Clark Griswold, she, yeah, exactly. He goes full Griswold every year with lights and I was always out there to help. So I always called him Clark Griswold from hell because he would like yell at me and get mad when the lights were tangled. Or so you were his Russ. Yeah, yeah, I was Russ. Like, uh, yeah, it, it, I definitely have uh, plenty of memories uh, messing with the lights and all the decorations and my dad just getting mad and losing it because not everything's working. Right. Uh, so we see the father-in-laws both asleep while the parade's on. Then cut back to what parade are they watching? I never understood that. It's not Christmas. So there's no unless they're like some random December parade on, or unless someone recorded the Thanksgiving parade from last month and they're watching that back. Like I've never understood what parade they're actually watching. <laughs> Just, yeah, I don't know either. Maybe never thought about that before. Yeah, I did too. I, you know, when I was younger, I thought it was just like. I don't know. Like, I just thought it was a holiday parade, but maybe it's a Chicago thing. I don't know. But like, yeah, you're right. Like the only parade I know of is the Thanksgiving Day Parade. And it's obviously not Thanksgiving. So I don't know what they're watching. But it looks like they're in New York for that parade. It looks like that parade's taking place in New York. Whatever, wherever it is, whatever it is, it's throwing me the fuck off for the last 37 years of watching this movie or however long it's been whenever it first came out not it's not has been that long but what i'm saying <laughs> is like it's 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 it i don't know it's the many many mysteries of hollywood what parade are they watching in christmas vacation all right so where am i at here my notes oh yeah clocks outside stapling lights to the end of the gutter oh i'm sorry the roof and the shutters, when he gets his sleeve somehow stapled as well, this causes him to rip the sleeve, pulling it out, and then bouncing around on the ladder. Um, then we have Audrey complaining to her mom about her grandparents take, taking up space, telling people on the phone that she's in the bathroom and can't talk, <laughs> sleeping in the same bed with her bro- as her brother while preparing dinner. Um, Ellen tells her not to be so dramatic. Uh, lights up a match to smoke something that we've never seen her do in any other film prior to this and then she immediately gets questioned by her mom from the other room if she's smoking again I'm like when did Ellen Griswold take up smoking yeah I think she's <laughs> but just it's a funny stressed. gag yeah and then she cuts the cabbage yeah. in half in one shot <laughs> yes one shot exactly one slice uh, then we yeah, Clark's outside still working on the light situation when he slides to the edge of the roof and hangs on by the gutter, preventing himself from falling off the edge, which breaks and sends a frozen spear through the Chester's window next door and 
sends Clark down into the bushes as Ellen tells him that dinner is ready. Uh, then we see Todd and Margo come home. And they're like, you know, why is the carpet wet, Todd? I don't know, Margo. And why is the carpet all wet, Todd? I don't know, Margo. Then we cut back to the, the, the Christmas light reveal, or attempt number one, at least. Uh, he's out there trying. He's, he gathers the family outside, has them do the drum roll with their yeah. tongues, something that drum I still roll, cannot please. do to this day. <laughs> And nothing. And he's like, you know, gotta check every. I, I swear, we checked every bulb, didn't we? And he's like, you know, you work really hard night, Grandpa. So the washing machines. Um, and I like his dad. He's like, oh, I see it in my head, son. It looks beautiful. And he's like, if you need a hand, I'll be inside sleeping. <laughs> yeah, and I love. So I yeah, love- this. I was just gonna say I love I love Russ's face like when they say about checking every bulb. Um, yeah, he's I, like, oh, look at the time. Yeah, he's just like, yeah, I totally like. You can tell on Johnny Galecki's face, like, yeah, I totally didn't check any of the bulbs, but he was just saying it like it, it, the expression he gives is is pretty good in that part. Right, right, right. Then the scene ends with clock up on the roof with the large moon in the background checking the lights. So next morning, we have him sneaking up into the attic to hide gifts. He finds an old Mother's Day gift from Francis. Uh, no, not from Francis. That He finds an old Mother's Day gift, and then Francis comes, says it's cold, and closes the attic door, uh, not knowing that he's up there because he can't yell because he's not supposed to be up there. He's hiding shit, and he's, yeah, he's trapped. So I've always questioned the timing of this. It's a movie. I'm not supposed to question these things, but it would not be me if I did not ask these questions. He's yelling. He actually goes across the attic. And by the time, so from one point of the attic to the next, Francis has closed the door, went downstairs, gathered up all the old people, and they've all went out to their cars. Because by the time he gets to the other side of that attic, they're all outside about to get in their cars. You know, the father's like, I have to go. He's got his own car. I have to eat so I can take my back pills. He's got another car. He can drive. I have to eat so I can take my back pills. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, just a weird thing. It's always bugged well, me. Well, I questioned too, um, the door, the door, the attic door. My, my parents have one at their house. Like if you're inside, you can just push that down. Like it doesn't lock into place like it does in the movie. The door up to the attic. They are they're all that way. Think about it physically. Think about that. He can't get locked up there. All we'd have to do is push down on it. See, the other thing I don't get about this scene too. Now, don't get me wrong. This scene works overall. I I, I like this bit that we're about to talk about, but it's just just thinking common sense wise. Like just some of this stuff doesn't work. So, like for example, his feet go through the ceiling. Under the bunk bed, and there's a whole gimmick where you know puts his hands down like he's oh I got warmth and shit. It's like okay, well, just go down. You're you're in, buddy. The moment your feet went through that ceiling and onto your son's bunk bed, you got back into your house essentially. In my opinion, you know, I'd be done. I mean, wouldn't you too? Like, wouldn't you be fitting down into that room? Like, okay, so you've made a hole already. The hole's there. What's stopping you from making that hole a little bit bigger 
to get the hell out of there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you could get out. You could shimmy your way out. Yeah, you could shimmy right. your way down the bed. So, Ty to Margo. Um, no. No, no, Clark's no, no, still no, no, in the so, uh, attic. Clark's still up in the attic. Yeah, that's right. He's watching the old tapes. He he pulls out the uh the, the the old family reels and is watching them. And there's a, before that there's floorboard antics where he's racing to get the other window. I forgot to mention that when he, you know puts his foot down, and it comes up, smacks him in the face, and then he like kind of he's watching all of this stuff wrapped in fur. And correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't he have like a little turban on his head too in this part? Yeah, it's like something old women or women used to wear. I don't know what it's called, but it's like all old timey clothes. Oh yeah, um, like old fur and shit. Yeah, it it's like stuff you would see like in the twenties. Like, uh, but um, do you know one thing? Like he finds the reel and starts watching the Christmas, and it says Christmas fifty nine. Do you know uh what that title's based on? Because- it's based on the Hughes short that, that inspired this movie. Yeah, so the Hughes short. Which I was going to get into in the t- tidbits, but we can, we can talk about it now if you want. Yeah. So talk about it now. Forget so, it. Talk about it. Yeah, it was it written by John Hughes. Uh, it was in the National Lampoon right. um, magazine mm-hmm. in 80. And that's right. what, because uh, John Hughes doesn't like sequels. Like he didn't want to make this movie or write this movie, but he already had the story. No. So he's like, oh, okay, I'll write it. You know, I already have a good story to base it on. Um, so that's why he came back to write this one. Exactly. So he's, I'm assuming watching these family videos sitting on the door because Ellen opens the door and he goes right down, which would probably kill him in real life, but we're not going to get technical here. Uh, we're just going to move on to Todd and Margo getting home from a jog and there's slick, silver, super high-tech insulated suits that Ellen um, is outside. And I should mention Clark's, again, messing with wires, the lights. She flips on a switch and the lights come on. The lights just fucking consumes all the town's power. It blinds <laughs> Todd and Margo next door. Um, and then every time she turns the switch off, the lights go back out. Clark doesn't know what the hell it is. And he's flipping out, cussing, kicking and breaking decorations. Cause he's already, he's called the family back outside. So they're all out there and nothing's working again. So he's breaking shit. He, he goes over and he kicks the reindeer and shit. And there's the whole thing where he swings the plugs in and then Alan gets the idea. It, it finally clicks. It's like, oh, it's it's the, the, the power surge. It's inside the, the whatever room. And she flips it on as soon as he, you know, makes connection with the two cords and boom, we have lights. Clark then is making his way down each family member and hugs them. The little lights aren't twinkling. I know, Art. Thanks for noticing. <laughs> When he finally gets to cousin Eddie and Catherine, who have literally just shown up out of nowhere with their kids, Ruby Sue and Rocky and their dog snots. And it's just because you got a clock. This bit's always worked for me. He's going down one by one, just hugging each family member and, and just explaining why he's so excited for them and happy for them to be there and all this. And it's such a touching moment. And then he makes his way down 
to fucking cousin Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how he shows up in this movie at the end of this little line of, of relatives. <laughs> I wanted to surprise you, Clark. <laughs> Are you surprised? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Clark, it's so lovely. You deserve a home like this to spend Christmas in. It's a butte, Clark. It's a butte. You taught me everything I know about exterior illumination. Thank you. Thank you. Russ Audrey. Dear, dear Francis. I hope this adds to your enjoyment of the holidays. Oh, it's just wonderful. Arthur. Art. Dad. Thanks for being here. The little lights are not twinkling. I know, Art, and thanks for noticing. House sure does look swell, Clark. Thanks, Eddie. I hope it enhances your holiday spirit. <laughs> Dear Catherine. Eddie? <laughs> oh, the house is gorgeous, Clark. <laughs> Eddie? <laughs> I hope you didn't do this all on our account, Clark. <laughs> Kids, come on out here and see what Uncle Clark's done to the house. <laughs> Eddie? <laughs> 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 yeah, if you don't remember, this here is Rocky. Have you got a kiss for me? Uh, you better take a rain check on that, Art. He's got a lip fungus he ain't identified yet. You remember Ruby Sue? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Her eyes aren't crossed anymore. That's something, ain't it? Uh, she falls in a well, eyes go cross. She gets kicked by a mule, they go back to normal. I don't know. <laughs> and this here's our pride and joy, Snots. Pretty name, Ed. Yeah, we named him that because he's got the sinus condition. Snots, you roll over and let Uncle Clark scratch your belly. You ain't never seen a set on a dog like this one, Scott Clark. <laughs> That's okay, Eddie. <laughs> That's something, ain't it? You pet him, Clark, on the belly, and he'll love you till the day you die. <laughs> I really shouldn't. My hands are all chapped. <laughs> we were gonna call, but Eddie wanted to make it a surprise. Yeah. You surprised? <laughs> surprised, Eddie? <laughs> If I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now. So Clark and Eddie are catching up. It was an eggnog from... Marty Moose glasses, I should add. I love the little callback to the first film. Then Snots is drinking the tree water. Eddie says it's a shame that the older kids couldn't make it. The daughter's in the clinic getting off the wild turkey while the older boy is training to work at the carnival, he says. Eddie explains that he traded his house for the RV, but warns him not to get too cozy with it because he's taking it with them when they leave next month. So back to the calendar where it's revealed to be December 18th and Clark is going to see his boss drops him off a gift that him and his wife Ellen got for him. He tells him to leave it there with the others. <laughs> Do you recognize the gifts? Did you notice they're about all the, the same? Gifts? They're all the, uh, they're wrapped in different paper, but they're all the exact same shape. 
Right, right, exactly. It's a funny. So bit. Clark says that he, he hopes that his report helped about the trade show. Frank says he, I'm sure it did. Then needs to handle an important call. Picks up the phone. He's like, "Give me somebody, anybody, somebody else." While I'm waiting, um, and yeah, all I have here in my notes is I, I think this is a humorous. It's a it's a funny take on corporate America that that John Hughes is obviously trying to uh, incorporate into this small sample of a screenplay here. Um, Clark. Oh, then we have the famous sled sledding scene. Yeah, one of my so, favorites. Yeah, I always love this, especially as a kid, just this, with the slapstick stuff. Yeah, this is a good bit. So they're all they're all in uh they have their saucers or that's what they're sledding on, there's these little metallic saucers. And he's got this spray that he's spraying them so they can get, you know, faster, more velocity and shit like that on these uh these saucer sleds. Eddie says not to put any of it on his because the metal plate in his head had to be replaced because every time Catherine rubbed up the microwave, he'd piss his pants and forget who he was for a half hour or so. Um, so Clark uses it and is sent flying like a fucking rocket <laughs> all the way down through the woods, other side of town, into the parking lot, sparks shooting up out of the fucking ground. Walmart. Is where he lands of all places. Fucking Wally World itself. Walmart. Um, bingo is what Eddie says at the end of the scene. And believe it or not, this was my introduction to Walmart. <laughs> I didn't know what a Walmart was until I've seen this. And then they built the one that they have around my place. And they built it like 30 years ago. So my first time seeing it, I'm like... Hey, it's that store from Christmas Vacation. Cool. Yeah. You got one up and up here. Because the Walmarts were more prevalent, like in the South and then um, yeah. uh, central part of the U.S. And, you know, we're in the Northeast. So we got it a little bit later than everybody else. Right. Right. Uh, question for you. So up to this moment and even beyond, that's if you want to answer it that way, we have a lot of goofy stuff, uh, more specifically this spray whatever it is that Clark's using to make himself just shoot down the, the fucking hill like a bullet more or less um, the antics overall in this movie is it too much for you or is it appropriate uh, for me I like it I I don't know I think it like makes it good for the whole family you know you have the more adult stuff you have the more subtle stuff uh, and then right. you have this for the kids. Cause when I was a kid, like I just said, I love the sledding scene. Like that was always my favorite when I was younger. I thought that was hilarious. And um, we didn't oh, talk, okay. we didn't talk about it earlier, but like when they lit up the lights, um, you know, you see everything go dark and then it, it, it cuts to the power plant and they have to like increase power. Yeah. It's just such yeah, a, yeah, yeah. it's just such a dumb gag, but it's simple to understand for kids. And then like later with like the SWAT team at the end, um uh-huh. you know yeah i i like it I, that's one thing about john hughes like you know he can have the more adult stuff uh but he can also have like this more middle right. of the road movie where it can kind of appeal to everybody i i don't know i've always found it endearing that it has the silly slapstick stuff uh involved in it as well what about you honestly i think it works i i, I make the mistake at times of comparing like to to like it's not really a mistake but i compare this to the first movie and i don't think that's fair necessarily because 
even though they are similar, I do find Vegas, not Vegas. I, I do I go again. <laughs> I do find vacation and Christmas vacation to be two sort of different comedies. If that makes sense. Like um, I, I feel like for as goofy as the, the first film is, I think it's more grounded than this. Movie. It is. I think Christmas vacation is more um, animated and some sense is literally, <laughs> but no, seriously, I, 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 it works for this movie. Um, and I think that that's what the intention was when, when Hughes decided to come back and write this screenplay based on that, the, you know, that short, uh, the story, but I just think um, it works for this movie. I think it's appropriate, um, and I just think it's one of those things where it's like if if you know if if it works, go for it. You know, yeah, I think it works for this movie. So to kind of wrap it up, I kind of always looked at it this way: like the original Vacation to me is for adults. It's for the um, dad or mom in the house. Like it's for them to watch, and right. like younger people can yeah, appreciate right. it. But it's for them. And then um, the later movies like this and Vegas, um, they're for the family. Like they definitely with the animated opening and the slapstick, this was meant for a broader audience. And uh, same with like the later movies. So that's kind of how I look at it uh, in the way these movies are positioned. So now it is December 21st, Clark's final day of work before the holiday break. We see him in his office playing with his pool model while being concerned to his coworker Bill about his bonus. Apparently, he has not gotten his bonus yet, and he asked Bill if he got his. He said not yet, but his wife called, said that she sees something in the mail, thinks it's his. The carrier brought delivered something. Uh, he says it probably got. I think he says tells him it probably got. Uh, in between the, the seats or something like that, which we find out is the case actually later yeah. on. Um, so later that night, while everyone's asleep, he envisions a pool party in the background in the backyard, <laughs> uh, featuring the whole family and cousin Eddie before it becomes just the lingerie saleswoman from earlier who undresses for him and dives in before cutting to Ruby Sue asking Clark what he's looking at. Um, Let me uh, ask you real quick. Do you, I, do you get fast times at Richmond High vibes out of this scene? No, and I know why you're asking me that question. Um, I think well, I know the reason why is because I saw this movie a lot earlier than I saw Fast Times. I was actually late uh, seeing Fast Times. I didn't see Fast Times until about 20 years ago. So, like. It had been out for a long time, you know, prior. Yeah. It, whereas, whereas Vacation, I've watched all my life. This I've watched, or, um, or, or uh, Fast Times, I, I started watching when I was, you know, in high school at, at the appropriate time. Um, so, no, to answer your question, it didn't give me vibes, but I can see why it would, you know, or why you would ask that question. Um... That, there's a that fucking song. That Milikiliki Lama. The way yeah. to say Merry Christmas to you. <laughs> so then we, uh, Ruby Sue, uh, the two have a conversation where she reveals to Clark that she's nervous that she won't be getting anything at all for Christmas after receiving no presents the prior year. 
causing her to doubt his, his existence. And she says that she loves it there at Uncle at, uh, yeah Uncle Clark's because she doesn't have to put on a jacket to go to the bathroom and his house is always parked in the same place. And she asks him if um, he's sure he's not Santa Claus. And he says no to himself. He can't even afford to be an elf. So we, uh, meanwhile, family breakfast the next morning. Clark's, meanwhile, by himself in the living room, looking outside at the silent majesty of a winter's morn, the clean, cool chill of the holiday air, and an asshole in his bathroom <laughs> emptying a chemical toilet into his sewer. Oh, I love this scene. <laughs> This has got to be like this is everyone's favorite part. This is like the standout moment that everyone, for the most part, remembers this film for. Like, I guarantee you, you line up like, I don't know, 50 people, okay? At least 40 of them. When you say Christmas vacation, they're going to say Merry Christmas, shitter's full. You know, it's like the one, like, quote or, or 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 joke or gag that everyone always you know reverts to when they see or think about this movie i mean it's truth you know i'm not dogging them i'm just spitting facts you know same thing with you same thing with the person listening to this podcast right now don't deny yourself you know i'm telling the truth don't bullshit me you think about merry christmas shit is full Whenever someone talks about this movie or you see the cover box or whatever, whenever Christmas Vacation comes to mind, this scene follows it. Guaranteed. Um, it's that commonly known. Yeah, I agree. Uh, real quick, quick story time. I have to bring it up. Uh, everybody in my family okay, knows sure. about it. Uh, so, you know, my dad, Ron, is really into camping. He has He's had a camper for 20 plus years now. Um, so we had recently came home from a camping trip. Um, I might not have went, I might've been like in college at the time, but they just pulled up and came home. I helped them park the camper on the side of the house so we could get everything unloaded. Um, well, normally when you leave a campground, you have a spot for you to dump your sewage just as cousin Eddie was dumping it. Uh, you stayed at a camp dump station. Yeah. There's a dump station. Well, apparently there was no, the, there was something with the dump station. They couldn't do it. Oh, at the campground. No. So my dad gets home. You are not telling me what I think you're telling me. <laughs> my dad gets home. We're unloaded. And then he's like, <sighs> well, the septic is still full. I got to pump it. I'm like, okay, you're going to take it somewhere. He's like, no, we'll just pump it in the storm drain. So my parents house. Oh my God. My parents house still to this day is on a corner and there's a storm drain. And I'm like, dad, that goes into the bay. Like we can't dump it there. He's like, well, there's nowhere else to dump it. It's not that much. It was only a weekend or whatever. So he takes the thing out. He takes the pipe out just like in the movie. Starts dumping it. But here's the cherry on top of the story. Uh, The house across the street had been vacant and recently sold. 
There was an old man uh-huh. and woman. Oh, no, 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 no. They did not come the day you did this. Yeah, Mike, no, they did not. It was a nice old couple used to live there. The man, Mike, passed away. Oh, the wife moved know, away. Um, so then the family that bought the oh, house, God. very nice family, pulled up with their moving van right as my dad started emptying the shit out of the toilet into the storm drain. They just get out. Happy Fourth of July. Shitter's yep. full. They just <laughs> they get out. They looking at their house. They look at us. Don't say anything. And just the uh, smart ass in me, I just had to say it. I said, "Welcome to the neighborhood. Shitter's full." <laughs> they all just looked nice. at me and waved and looked nice. horrified and went inside. Um, so I had to tell nice. the story. I like that. I got to say That's shitter's funny. full as my dad was illegally dumping <laughs> stuff into the bay. <laughs> That's good. Oh, man. All right. So Ellen and Clark are talking about Eddie and Catherine not having any gifts for their kids and how he's been out of work for almost seven years because he's holding out for a management position. Now, he's been out of work for seven years. Seven years prior to this film was vacation, and that's when he announced that he was laid off. So it it, it adds up the, the timeline and the math. Thought that was always pretty funny. So uh, Clark and Eddie are uh, shopping. Clark insists on helping provide a Christmas for the children. <laughs> Meanwhile, Eddie is loading up just different brands of dog food onto this fucking basket Clark's pushing around yeah. um, before giving him a massive list for the kids. And then, uh, well, it's Christmas Eve. December 24th, according to the calendar, we see uh, every now and then in this film. Aunt Bethany and Uncle Lewis are arriving. Is Ross still in the Navy? <laughs> Alan, are you still dating Clark? Is your house on fire, Clark? No, Bethany, those are Christmas lights. Don't throw me down, Clark. I'll try not to, Aunt Bethany. Is this the airport, Clark? We're here. Hey, Grizz. Me and Bethany figured out the perfect gift for you. Oh, Uncle Lewis, you didn't have to buy me anything. Damn it, Bethany, he guessed it. Oh, that was fun. I love riding in cars. When did you move to Florida? Ellen, are you still dating Clark? Oh, Aunt Bethany. You know, you shouldn't have done that. Oh, dear. Did I break wind? Jesus, did the room clear out, Bethany? Hell no, she means presents. You shouldn't have brought presents. It isn't every day somebody moves into a new house. They didn't move into a new house. Um, Mom? In the living room, Russ. (laughs) This house is bigger than your old one. Is Rusty still in the Navy? Aunt Bethany, why don't you go with Francis and Catherine yeah. into the living room and say hello to everybody? Hello, everybody. Just in the living room. I should say it. You should say it. Hello, everybody. Now, do you know who Aunt Bethany is? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think most people would recognize her voice as uh, Betty Boop. I did not know that younger. I, uh, like, recognized her voice. Um... But yeah, that uh, her name is was it May Questel? May Questel. Questel, yeah. I did not realize that, like that she was the vo- her voice sounded familiar. I didn't realize she was Betty Boop though, and she did the Betty Boop and Who she Frame was Roger Betty Rabbit. Boop and Olive Oil. 
Yeah. She also did the voice of Olive Oil. Now, if you look at her picture, she actually kind of resembles Betty Boop, too. I'm going to I'm going to go on on a limb here and say that her design was based off of, you know, this actual woman because she looks just like her, too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just had a hell of a life. Lived though she was 89. Um, passed away from Alzheimer's disease. But, you know, she was in a lot. So was her husband, Uncle Lewis, played by William Hickey. That is Andre Toulon in the original Puppet Master, as well as Tales from the Dark Side in the movie. Um, oh he was the voice. So many movies uh, that he was in. Yeah, he was the... Princey's Honor again. He was the... Bright Lights Big City. Evil scientist in uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. I think a lot of people would yeah, recognize his voice right. from that. Dr. Finkelstein. Uh, he was also in... Jesus. Uh, Mouse Hunt. I always remember. Jerky Boys movie. That's right. Mouse Hunt. Uh, My Blue Heaven. Uh, Pink Cadillac. That's right. He was in that Pink Cadillac movie. Uh, and and, and uh, what else was it? Uh, he was in uh, a Tales from the Crypt episode uh, with Kelly Preston, the switch from season two that I've always been a big fan of. Uh, the episode that Schwarzenegger directed, actually. Fun fact. Um, so, yeah, bunch of stuff. So they arrive, and uh, all, all of all of the, the, the memorable moments of this film, isn't the arrival of these two just one of the best scenes? It is, like, yeah. It, 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 it's so great. It, it really is. You know, this box is meowing. This one here is leaking. Slime. Uh, so many funny gags in this, especially gags that just that are set up that aren't paid off until the dinner. It's just a lot of good material here, a lot of good bits. Uh, so we get Clark, who's preparing to carve the turkey for everyone, but not before Grace. Grace, he passed away 30 years ago. <laughs> God bless him. How come families don't do this tradition anymore? Like carving the turkey like in front of everyone before they serve. Yeah, convenience. It's just easier to have it all cut up already. It's always yeah, it's always every time you come to the you know the dinner table, it's always already already carved up. <laughs> so I don't know. I kind of like the uh traditional sense of just waiting for everyone to gather around and then carving. Hey, what, I might try that one year. Yeah, it would be nice, but then hey, you might end up like this where the turkey just kind of opens up and uh you know withers away <laughs> just smokes out and blows out in your face and all you're doing is just eating crunchy skin i love the crunch <laughs> and, and i didn't realize that when i was younger yeah. i was like why what is that noise and oh no when i was like really i've always got that when i was really right, little right, right. i was like what is that crunch and then i realized i was like oh it's the turkey duh <laughs> it's crunchy turkey yeah what is it eddie's just like dipping his in, in gravy Oh yeah, like just actually dipping it. Yeah, the whole dinner scene is great. Like you see the kids down at the end playing. You know, everybody's crunching. Like 
you can tell like snots underneath the table. Yeah. Yakking on a bone. Yakking on a bone. You can tell Ellen has just like had enough just the way she's eating, like just the acting. Yeah, like right. you, you understand where everybody's at. <laughs> it's just so realistic. Uh you get that family feeling with the scene. See, so, yeah, we got the country dinner with the jello mold with cat food, the thin turkey pieces, and the gravy bowl. Meanwhile, the cat's playing with the Christmas lights from the tree and ends up being incinerated underneath the love seat when Clark plugs the light back in and blows a fuse. That thing had nine lives. He just spent them all. And then we got Clark and Ellen cleaning the kitchen after Snots gets into the trash. Uh, and Uncle Lewis lights a cigar that engulfs the tree. <laughs> Probably delivers my favorite line or one of my top three favorite lines in this fucking movie. So what's the matter with you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just the timing of it. Him asking that question, the fact that it's William Hickey and then he turns around and he's on fire. (laughs) It's just a funny ass bit that never gets tiresome with me. I love it. Um, And then after all the mayhem's going on, Clark gets a delivery from the DHL guy that was supposed to be delivered yesterday, but it fell between the seats. Instead of the presumed bonus, the envelope contains a free year's membership for the Jelly of the Month Club. That's the gift that keeps on giving the whole year. This prompts Clark to snap and go into a tirade. I should add a legendary tirade about Frank Shirley, his boss, out of anger. Any of you are looking for any last-minute gift ideas for me? I have one. I like Frank Shirley, my boss, right here tonight. I want him brought from his happy holiday slumber over there in Melody Lane with all the other rich people. And I want him brought right here with a big ribbon on his head. And I want to look him straight in the eye and I want to tell him what a cheap, lying, no-good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood Sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed sack of monkey shit he is! Hallelujah! Holy shit! Where's the Tylenol? This is a great just monologue bit here that delivers every time. It's so funny. Seeing Chevy just gets so wound up. I actually think that this rant rivals his rant at the end of vacation which i think is legendary in its own right the one where he's just like you know we're gonna have so much fucking fun they're gonna need plastic surgeons remove the remove the goddamn smiles off our fucking faces that bit from the original and then we got this bit here um you know uh, fat ass bug-eyed stiff-legged spotty lip warm-headed sack of shit he is hallelujah holy shit you know this whole like clearly this was ad-libbed it had to have been no ad-libbed. no like, it, it not all of it was so a fun fact um uh a lot of the cast that was standing there because when you watch the scene it's filmed you know there's a close-up camera on chevy chase 
and there's a wide yeah right. there's a wide camera on the family and then there's a shot where it's behind okay. the family on Chevy. Uh-huh. Um, so they right. actually wore um, cue cards. All the cast wore cue cards over the front oh, of them. Oh, oh, oh. So I'm sure it was. Nice. I'm sure he added stuff, but a lot of it was on cue cards uh-huh. on the cast, which I thought was really interesting. Nice, nice. I like that. All right. So then we got Clark. He goes outside with a chainsaw, who trims down a new tree that crashes into Todd and Margo's first. <laughs> I feel bad and for Ellen. Hold on. I, I just wanted to say, I feel bad for uh, Todd and Margo. Like, yeah, they're yuppies. They're uh, snooty and not the nicest seeming. But as an adult now, I feel bad for them. Like Clark and the Griswolds terrorize them. Like uh, they're just neighbors. Like they just got a nice house. They just want to be in their jogging clothes, jogging and, enjoying their stereo in their home and Clark keeps fucking with them <laughs> intentionally or unintentionally. Uh, we got Ellen asking Clark upstairs if this is all necessary. And he says they needed a coffin. I mean a tree and there's no lots open on Christmas Eve. So he took care of it himself. Voila. On the way down, uh, on the way downstairs, he takes the chainsaw. Cause he still has the. This is the best bit. <laughs> he's upstairs. He still has the fucking chainsaw in tow, so he's still up there. And then the new post is like kind of riggedy, so he takes the chainsaw and rubs it up, and then saws it off. He's like, "Fix the new post." So then we're eating again. Aunt Bethany can hear a sound. No, they're not eating. They're they're done. They're in the living room. Aunt Bethany can hear a sound. This this prompts her husband, Louis. You couldn't hear a dump truck driving through a nitroglycerin plant. And Clark discovers a squirrel from the tree that chases them all around the house with the whole family, except for um, uh, I think it's his mom. His mom dives on the floor. Yeah. Yeah, because it's the bit where it's like, what are you going to do with them? And is Eddie, I'm going to take it, and wrap it up in my coat, and smash it with the smack it with a hammer. And that's what prompts her to pass out. Yeah, Clark, not Eddie. Because at this by this part by this point, Eddie's tail hightailed out of here. Yeah, Eddie's. We've gone. seen the Winnebago, or the RV. We've seen it leave. So Eddie's gone. I mean, we know where he's going, but the audience as a whole, first time viewers and all, they they're just. Where's that funny cousin Eddie guy? Uh, so uh, he asks where Eddie is. Uh, says he usually eats these goddamn things. And Catherine's like, not recently, not since he read that they're high in cholesterol. So Snots eventually chases out of the house. And so it latches on Margot next door, pissed off, all, you know, wants Todd to go confront Clark and punch him in the face, but he won't do it. So she says she's going to go do it herself. And she goes to bang on the door and it opens and we see the squirrel kind of jump out and latch onto her. And then snot does the same thing, like attacks her. Like she starts screaming and then tears her apart. Cause the next scene she comes home to her husband and like, she's all torn to shit. And he asks if everything's okay or what's wrong. And she punches him that whole bit. So, um, 
with the house in shambles. Oh yeah, they fucked Everyone up that is, house big time. The dog. Oh, it's destroyed. It is fucked. It really is and, super fucked. And, Everyone's trying to leave. Yeah, and let me just say, like, I love when uh, the dog runs out and Clark just shuts the door and he's like, "Up, oh, they're gone." Like, because <laughs> yeah. you know we saw uh, Margo. Like, I just love that. He's like, he just did not give a shit. He just the door was like problem taken care of. It's like the shot of out of a horror movie, the way it just like oh, dives music. onto her and latches. Yeah, and the music in that whole uh, scene for sure. Like it's de- and the way the camera is. Yeah, it's definitely yeah, a right. horror movie for this little squirrel. <laughs> right. So with the house in shambles, like I said, everyone's trying to leave. Clark won't allow him. He says, uh, they're not going anywhere. They're the jolliest bunch of assholes this side of the nut house. I love it. Art's like, you're goofy. Don't piss me off. Don't don't piss me I know, off. Art. I love that line. Yep. Take a look around, Ellen. We're in the threshold of hell. <laughs> so we see some intercuts with the RV leaving and the driving, and now it's heading back to Clark's home. Clark and his father are embracing. Yes, if he's going to be reciting the night before Christmas with the kids, and he says it's his house, and he's retiring, so he wants Clark Jr. to do it. Um. So he's meanwhile, Clark uh, Chevy, he's reading to the kids, and Eddie returns while he's in the middle of reading with Frank Shirley in his pajamas with a big ass bow tied with a talk with a dog chain. You about ready to do some kissing? So Frank's wife calls the cops. Meanwhile, Frank fires Clark and threatens to call the police says that he lost his temper when he got his bonus and Frank questions how he even got a bonus because he cut him this year. And he says, you know, uh, he just ties into Frank and just takes the rap for everything, for everything um, that's happened. You know, this is where the movie kind of gets all moody, dramatic, sentimental, Slightly, yeah. Not enough for me. Not enough to take me out of the uh, out of the film. But you know, just we're running around on like all this comedy, and then this little sentimental monologue slash speech comes from out of nowhere and well, kind of brings the mood. All the holiday movies more cheerful. Yeah, all the holiday movies have to have heart, and you know, this is like the movie getting heart because. It is kind of out of thank you. Hard. Yeah, right. It is kind of out of nowhere, but also like, you know, it's true. Like a guy in his position, like as a boss of a company, he doesn't think about the little people. They get affected by this stuff because let me say, if I worked at a company and they gave a bonus every year and they didn't tell me that I wasn't getting the bonus, I'd be pissed too. I can understand like why Clark's mad, you know, it, so I, it gives the movie the heart that it needs. Otherwise, it's just kind of like, a, you know, it, I don't know. It wouldn't have the same weight to me uh, if it didn't have like the heart and the nice uh, ending like it does. So with everyone watching Frank, he eventually admits that it's little people who make the difference. And Carl calls him Carl. Carl seen yeah. Clark. Whatever you got last year, add 20 percent. Look, uh... Sometimes things look good on paper, but uh, lose their luster when you see how it affects real folks. I guess a healthy bottom line doesn't mean much if to get it, you have to hurt the ones you depend on. It's, it's people that make the difference. Little people like you. 
So, Carl, whatever you got last year, add 20%. Oh! <gasps> Here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, right down Santa Claus So the family celebrates the news. They're all excited. I think Clark even passes out at one point. Yeah. As the SWAT team arrives and they surround slash infiltrate the house from all entry points. But Frank reveals he's not going to press. And they all come crashing in. They all fucking dive through windows and tell them all to freeze. I know. And Ellen's got her hand over Frank, over Clark's crotch and stuff. It's, <laughs> it's a lot of funny bits all at once. I, I always like this scene it's, all together. It's funny because like, the SWAT team guys are coming from the roof. I'm like, where the fuck are they coming from? Like, what is this happening? They're popping, like they're popping lights and shit. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. You hear like bulbs blowing out and shit. Yeah. So the uh, the the Frank reveals that he's not pressing charges and that he changed his mind and is going to be reinstating all the bonuses to his wife's dismay. Um, she's a real bitch, but I add. just wanted to say that, get that off my chest before moving on because Frank Shirley's wife in this movie, I mean, I've seen some snobby bitches in my lifetime, but goddamn, she takes the cake almost in this movie. Um. So the family heads outside when Rocky and Robbie Sue believe they saw Santa Claus in the distance. Clark tells them it's actually the Christmas star and that he finally realizes what the holiday means to him. Uncle Lewis says that the light's not the fucking not. It's not the Christmas star. It's the sewage treatment plant. Reminding Clark that Eddie had been dumping his RV sewage into a nearby storm drain. So before Clark can stop him, Uncle Lewis tosses a match, used to light a cigar into the drain, triggering an explosion, one that sends a Santa sleigh decoration flying into the sky with Aunt Bethany suddenly singing the Star Spangled Banner. And everyone joins in as the flaming decoration flies into the distance. Then the entire family, Frank and Helen, and the SWAT team, are all inside the, the Griswold's house celebrating the holidays. Now, this mirrors the original vacation because at the end, you know, they get in trouble at Wilder World. The uh, John Candy and his partner, um, uh, Frank McCray, they both, uh, it ha- I guess it has to have been McCray's character, calls the cops. And there's that whole thing at the end where they get held up. But then, um, uh, Wally, Mr. Wally doesn't press charges and they spend the rest of the day all riding rides and, and, and hanging out together because that last shot's the freeze frame on the roller coaster of, of Clark and the, the Griswolds and and um Mr. Wally or Roy, Roy, Roy Wally, that's his name. And then the SWAT team members. So the SWAT team members are hanging out with them and socializing at the end of the first one after trouble. And then they're doing the same thing in Christmas vacation after everything settles down. Yeah. They stick around and have a little Christmas party together. It's, just a, so, yeah, that, it's like a nice ending. And I also like what the one, I guess he's like the head of the SWAT team when he hears about the bonuses. And he's like, if I had a rubber tube, I would beat yeah, you. Yeah, rubber. He's like, I changed my mind. <laughs> um, 
And then finally, Clark and Ellen are happily sharing a Christmas kiss. And Clark stands outside, satisfied that he sat, that he provided a great Christmas for his family at the end of the day. And as the credits roll, he manages to give Snots the petting that he wanted all together. And that is 1989's Christmas Vacation, the last film of the series to carry the National Lampoon's moniker, might I add. 1989's Christmas Vacation, starring Chevy Chase from director Jeremiah Chachik. All right, let's take a look at the trivia tidbits for this film. Now remember that, because the more you know. All right, so the shoes that Cousin Eddie has on in this movie, they are the same ones that he gave Clark as a gift in the uh, first film, (laughs) the uh, the white slip ones. I didn't know that, yeah. Uh, when Clark and Alan discuss their concerns over Eddie and Catherine not having any Christmas presents for their kids, Alan says that Eddie has quote unquote been. I said this. I did this one too during the episode. See, uh, despite acting as the husband and wife duo of Aunt Bethany, and Uncle Lewis, uh, May Questel, and uh, May Questel was 19 years older than her co-star William Hickey. She was 81, and he was 62. At the time of filming. Yeah, he doesn't look that old in the movie, but I think it's the voice that really sells it. It's the voice, I think. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. Um, A deleted post-credit scene would have had the mind, not the mind, would have had the the blow mold Santa sleigh that was blasted into the sky by the sewer uh, explosion, crashing into Todd and Margo's bedroom roof as after Todd makes a Santa joke before falling asleep. So I guess originally they had more antics for uh, Todd and Margo. <laughs> um, I guess Todd getting knocked out wasn't enough for them. Despite being a Christmas movie, Christmas Day is never actually seen. The film ends on Christmas Eve. Uh, this is one of three films released in 89 to feature an animated title sequence. Ties to what we were talking about. Yep. The other two were Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Really? That was animated? Yeah, I don't remember uh, that either. That doesn't stand out. Either. And Troop Beverly Hills. Okay. This was Chevy Chase's last hit film to not flop at the box office until the release of Man of the House in 1995. And finally, this is the only movie of the series in which an actress who plays Audrey is taller than the actor who plays Rusty. All right. Box office receipts. In the operational funds box, we will deposit 250,000 American dollars. You take it out. We put more in. I want receipts. The film was released December 1st. 1989 from Warner Brothers Pictures originally opened up in 1744 screens before before expanding to 1950 screens two weeks later uh, opening weekend it opened up at number two with 11.5 million dollars second weekend it drops 20 percent coming in at 9.2 million. Still holding that number two spot, though. Total gross for the film was $73.3 million against a budget of $25 million. This was the highest grossing until the newest one, right? 
was the newest one even? I think the newest I one topped the newest it. one was a bomb. Uh, I don't know. I thought the newest one topped it, but I could be wrong. Hang on, I got it up here. Uh, real quick, uh, while you're looking that up, there was a trivia tidbit uh, that we didn't talk about. It was the most... There was the most vacation 2015. Go on. Uh, I, I just wanted to say, do you know who was originally lined up to be the director on this one? Yeah, Chris Columbus. Chris Columbus. So yeah. the reason that didn't happen is because Chris Columbus, I believe he was, I, I want to say Great Outdoors plays a small role in this story. But anyway, that aside, Chris Columbus hated Chevy Chase. Yeah, he said he was a dick. Still, hate, still hates yeah. him. Still hates him to this day. Um, and just wouldn't do it. He was not going. Uh, I believe Chevy got him let go or something. Something happened. This nobody named Jeremiah Chechik came on board and directed it. Meanwhile, Columbus went and did Home Alone for John Hughes. So. I think all in all, it worked out yeah. for Columbus. John Hughes is like, I got this say. other movie for you. You'll be all right, Chris. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. This is more uh, akin to you, my friend. So, yeah. All right. Let's go to the critics' corner, actually, and see what they had to say about the movie. <laughs> All right, so it's got a Rotten Tomato score of 67% based on 47 reviews. The consensus reading, while Christmas Vacation may not be the most disciplined comedy, it's got enough laughs and good cheer to make for a solid seasonal treat. Metacritic has it at 49 out of 100 based on 18 reviews, indicating mixed or average reviews. Variety responded positively up to the film, stating solid family fair with plenty of yucks. Christmas Vacation is Chevy Chase and Brew doing what they do best. Despite the title, which links to the previous picks in the Rambling Vacation series, this third entry is firmly rooted at the Griswold family homestead, where Clark Griswold is engaged in a typical over the, overreaching attempt to give his family a perfect old-fashioned Christmas. Uh, Washington Post gave the film a positive review, explaining that it will prove pattern familiar to fans of the 83 original and the European vacation sequel, only it's a bit more whimsical. Ebes, how many stars did Ebes give this film, Corey? I'm gonna go with a solid like two. I think it would be a two from him. You would be correct, right on the nose, two out of four stars. Saying the film is curious and how close it comes to delivering on its material. Um, sequence after sequence seems to contain all the necessary material to be well on the way toward a payoff, and then it somehow does not work. All right, let's go to our biggest takeaways. Mr. Madison, what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber 
for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. And I'll kick off with my notes. They're very beautiful. Yeah, they're very brief. Uh, this is my favorite Christmas film of all time. Big one. Second note I have here is the one-liners are nonstop and consistently funny. And this is one of the last truly great Chevy Chase roles. Not a lot of takeaways because, again, I've seen it so many times. There's only so many things I can take away from watching, you know, over and over. So do you have any? Yeah, I got a few. Um, You know, this is one of my favorite Christmas movies. Um, uh, Just for full disclosure, Home Alone is my favorite Christmas movie of all time. And that's just because I have memories of seeing it in theater when I was very young and just wanting to be Kevin McAllister. But anyway, uh, another John Hughes movie for another day. Uh, Right. But uh, yeah, this one's an all time classic, in my opinion. Well, I would say it's not as funny as some of the other entries, especially like the uh, original vacation. I just think, you Mm -hmm. know, with the Christmas and with it being open to a wider audience, Uh, The cast in this is fantastic. Uh, Like we said before, just the supporting characters, everybody uh, plays their role to a T. And I just love it. I don't know. I watch it every year. I've grown up with it. Uh, You know, I can basically recite most of the lines. Uh, Yeah, I just Mm -hmm. can't imagine going to Christmas without watching it. Let's talk about what we didn't like. Move over to Mulligan moment. If you had to do it all over again, would you make the same choices? It's it's look. There, there's a good blend of cousin Eddie and 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 memorable stuff here. Uh, the pacing's great. Uh, there's nothing much I would change. Like it it it, it holds up. I honestly don't want to change anything about this movie. Um, it's not perfect. But again, it's just, I think it has something to do with the fact that I've seen this as many times as I have, but I mean, there's really not much I would change about this movie. It, it's, it's a harmless comedy. So, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. We're sitting here talking about how this is like the, the best of the series or, or, or the best, you know, Christmas movie or one of the best Christmas movies overall. My favorite, your second favorite. So what are we going to change about this movie? There's a reason for that. There's a reason that we watched it so many times, you know, it's not just, not just because it's a Christmas movie. If that's the case, then why not give Ernest saves Christmas, the same treatment? You know what I mean? Right. So, I mean, personally speaking, I wouldn't change anything. So I'm sticking to it. How about you? So I wouldn't like actually take anything out of the movie, but it's a little out there, but I would actually add something to the movie. So sure, signature scene in all the other vacations is the heart to heart between uh, Clark and Russ. Clark and, and but wouldn't you write? Wouldn't you consider the outside decorations sort of that moment? For sort this? of, but they actually filmed another scene with Clark and Russ, and it was oh. cut from the movie. Uh, oh shit! For whatever reason, it was cut. There was a scene filmed with the classic heart to heart. I don't know the details of it, um, and I haven't seen it. Um, but there was a film, um, uh, a scene filmed because uh, mm-hmm. Johnny Galecki in an interview uh, said he was really disappointed uh, that it got cut. 
But I think that's just one thing that's yeah. missing. Like that sucks when you're watching this and you've watched the series as much as I have. I think that's just a little thing that's missing. Uh, but realistically, yeah, I like there's nothing I would take out of this movie. It's tight, like you said, well paced. Uh, there's nothing wasted. I don't mm-hmm. think there's any like wah wah bits or uh, parts. Uh, but it would be nice to have that father son. It has a little bit of that, but it would have been nice to have that classic scene like uh, all the other movies have. All right. All right. Finger licking good. Finger licking good. Christmas Eve. Isn't that everyone's favorite part anyway? Yeah. I mean, I mean, really, it's, 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 it's the last, the final, like the last half hour of this movie. Yeah. The third act. It's just the third act. Yep. Yeah. Basically. Exactly. You know, that's mine. I'm sticking to it for obvious reasons. Yeah. Uh, so mine's the same. The third act once, um, uh, uh, William Hickey, um, and what's, uh, what's the other lady's name? I forget. Hickey and May Questel. May Questel. Once, uh, uncle Lewis, everyone, uncle Lewis and Aunt Bethany get there. Um, the third act of the movie, uh, all that is just like once, great. once they show up now, it's a party, right? Yeah. I mean, I just love, uh, like uncle Lewis, like you just see him like smoking a cigar, just He's passing great. out the whole time. I just love the way he says, like at the table, they're like the blessing. How he like points to his the lips. Blessing. Yeah, his, his fingers and uh, shit. His like you know, little hand gestures. Yeah, just all the little stuff at the. It's it's great stuff. Yeah, just all the yeah. little stuff at the dinner scene. Just the the <laughs> little thing like they family keeps settling. Like you see them all playing games, and then the squirrel happens. When I was younger, I loved the squirrel part. Like that was one of my bad favorite turkey. Parts. Yeah, um, the SWAT team comes in. I love when Clark is reading uh, the night before Christmas and he's like, and down came the right, chimney right. comes Uncle Eddie with a man with a bow. Like, I don't know. I just, that whole third act. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of classic material. Yeah, it's the whole third funny act. Funny shit. Yep. All right. Well, final thoughts. I say we uh, tie a bow on it and put her to bed. Honestly, I, there's not really much I can add to everything that I've already said about this film throughout this episode. Um, obviously, it's it's a favorite. It's uh, my favorite Christmas film. One of my favorite vacation movies. Um, this is just top, top-notch Chevy Chase stuff here. Um, it my favorite audrey daniel uh uh uh, uh, uh lewis uh j- j- shit why am i drawing joy out lewis <laughs> <laughs> i'm like what i'm like what i know her dad's jeffrey lewis what's a real okay yeah juliet juliet lewis um my favorite audrey uh for sure uh and you know it, it holds up that's that's what I want to just drive home the most is the fact that after 32 years and, and, and counting, this movie still holds up. It's timeless. It's just it's it's like, you know, this is one of the movies like uh, it's a wonderful life and the original American on 34th Street. It's just going to this is going to get passed down generation to generation to generation. And this is going to forever be that, you know the holiday classic you know and and you can't take that away from this movie and for good reason too it deserves to have that title it's it's damn funny um 
and it works and it's not that much being thrown in your face. A lot of the gags don't overstay their welcome. I mean, hell, prime example of that is Cousin Eddie. You, his, he's a character you, as a filmmaker, you're walking on thin ice, including him in too much stuff to begin yeah, with. Yeah, just watch the fucking but sequel the way, and you'll see what the fuck can go well, wrong with it. Yeah, but I felt the 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 balance of his character in this movie was perfect. I got a little nervous once I realized we're halfway through and he's showing up and I'm like, well, I know he's here for the rest of the movie. He's here for the duration of it. I hope this doesn't become the cousin Eddie show afterwards, but no, even when he shows up, they do a really good job of just kind of keep him minimalized and only bring him out for the really funny moments. Like, you know, Merry Christmas, Shitter's full, that cat had nine lives. He ate them all up, you know, shit like that. And, and, they were careful not to just throw him into every scene. Like that could have been a recipe for disaster. And this would never in a million years be the film classic that it's, you know, regarded as today. So props to them for overcoming that. Uh, overall, it works. Love the movie. You know, I just, I'm already looking forward to the next Christmas. So I can watch it again. <laughs> How about you? Uh, yeah, mine's pretty similar. Uh, even though you can tell when this movie was made, it is timeless. Like, there's nothing that stands out that's like, oh, that's really dated. Like, you know, kids can watch it right. today and still enjoy it. And I think that's the test of a good holiday movie. Uh, the writing in this is great. You know, John Hughes, uh, one of the most prolific uh, writers and directors in the 80s, is definitely on top of his game. Yep. Um, the chemistry between all the characters, like I love the kids in this movie. I think the kids duo in this movie is the best, like as far as like the way they play off the adult actors. I think uh, Juliette Lewis and Johnny Galecki are both great in this. Um, the extended family are all just fantastic. Uh, they just add so much to it. And um, as far as like the dynamic between Clark and Uncle Eddie, I think this movie probably does it the best. Uh, in my opinion, I just, you know, Uncle Eddie is probably the funniest in this one to me. Like just the little stuff, like when they're walking in uh, the Griswold house at uh, when Cousin Eddie first gets there and there's this like little uh, windmill, like Christmas decoration. And Eddie just touches it and the whole thing just fucking Knocks falls it over. apart. Right. And he just like the look on his face or when uh, he's re- given Clark the Christmas list and he's like, and if it's not too much, Clark, buy yourself something real nice like i just love that (laughs) right um so their dynamic um is the best in this and you know the movie has the heart at the end um as well with uh clark getting his bonus and um the boss realizing that he had made a mistake uh so i just think it all works well together uh while i would say this one isn't necessarily the funniest vacation movie uh to me i think it's just the best well-rounded for the whole family and heartfelt and i could i can watch it every year i i i'd never get tired of this one so i just think it's a Mm all-time classic and that it is all right gang this episode's been sponsored by the spirit of the griswold family christmas reminding all of us cinema gurus to enjoy this time of the year and to be kind to one another have a happy 
festive, merry, jolly, holiday. All that being said, this film definitely bets your ass gets the film effects seal of approval, and that will bring things home for this edition of the show. One more, one down, many more to follow. That. If you enjoy this show and want to continue to support it, then please do so by leaving a five star rating and positive review on Apple Podcast. Leave a rating on Spotify or any other accessible uh, platform that allows you to do such a thing. Um, check out our website, podpage.com. You will find our back backlog of episodes. Uh, we got merch at tpublic.com slash user slash film effect podcast. Um, and, and yeah, and honestly, uh, and we got, one more episode coming up before our two week break. And that is Monday or no next Tuesday, wrapping up best picture month with the 1989 best picture rain man of Tom Cruise and Dustin Hoffman. Looking forward to covering that <laughs> little, uh, um, it's, it's a really good movie that I actually watched about a month ago and, uh, was just, I thought, damn, that'll make, a, that'll make for a good episode. So looking forward to doing that. And um, yeah, just looking forward to wrapping up the year, taking a couple weeks off. And really what I'm looking forward to the most is bringing in next year with just kind of like a whole new game plan and whole new, it's, it's going to be, you know, a new podcast, but the same it's, um, you know, just new design toying around with a couple new theme songs, perhaps uh, been kind of messing around with a couple new categories for the, to fit into the format. Um, it's just going to be an overall, just, uh, you know, I mentioned this before how, you know, shows go through overhauls, new seasons, think of us as the next season for the film effects. So we're going to be doing kind of an overhaul, different couple, making a couple changes here and there. So excited for that. Um, and yeah, uh, while I got everyone, uh, before we get out of here, I just want to let everyone know, um, it's been a hell of a year. Thanks one more time for listening this year. Um, and from myself, from Sean, who was absent this episode, from Justin, who was absent from this episode, and from yourself, I know I can speak for you. Uh, just everyone have the best holiday you possibly can, all things considered. Be safe. Um, take care of one another. Uh, just have a safe and festive, merry, jolly Christmas, happy new year, uh, just happy holidays, whatever religion you are, whatever holiday you celebrate, just I wish nothing but the best for you and your family. And once again, thanks so much for listening to me, for listening to us this year. Cannot wait for next year. Um, Corey, and thank you for doing this episode with me again. Um, Always enjoy our episodes together. This was no different. Yeah, it was fun. And um, yeah, thanks again, man. I really appreciate it. So, um, anything else that you want to add before we uh, take our one out of here? Nah, just Merry Christmas to you, filthy animals. <laughs> that's right. And a happy new year. And uh, yeah, that's going to do it for this holiday episode of the podcast. Like I said, we'll be back on Tuesday with our final episode of the year. 
And um, we'll be off for two weeks, but then we'll be back with a lot of good shit planned for you guys. So um, since Sean's not here to do his little thing, I'm going to say that I have been Ed. You have been Corey. It has been fun, but now it is done. I think I fucked that up. You know what I'm all <laughs> saying, guys. Thanks for listening. Have a safe, merry Christmas. Happy holiday, whatever it may be. Um, take care. And until next week, check you later. Bye.